owned the Chiefs. Welcome to the Drunken Fan Podcast, your home for all things DFW sports, where we don't give a fuck how many Super Bowls you've won. If you don't play for Dallas, we ain't talking about you. I'm the host with the most hair, Mal, and as always, I'm joined by the Jiggy Jammiest, the Core Dog Slamminist, the Real Goat, Cameron. Before we get started, I want to remind you to help us out by liking, subscribing, and sharing our podcast on any platform that you want to, I guess. You can always follow us. On, you can also follow us on Twitter at the Drunken Fan and the Number One, or you can email us directly at drunkenquestions at gmail.com. All right, y'all, let's get weird. Owns, owns. <laughs> who owned the Chiefs? What did you ask him? I said, who owned the Chiefs? And what did he say? Owns, <laughs> owns. <laughs> Slap shot. I'm serious. Get on that. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. 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 Not an early morning record, but this, I, yeah, I have a feeling it's just going to get weird tonight. So we got yeah. a lot to discuss, too. Like, I, as soon as I saw what was going on with Dallas and Hudobin, I, I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to you. And after everything else that had happened this week, I, I texted you and I was like, we might talk for four hours this week. Like, there's just so much. And then there was even stuff oh, that was still breaking today. So we'll, uh, we're recording a lot later than what we normally record on Monday nights, but uh, let's hope that we don't go for four hours because nah. we'll be going into Tuesday morning. Yeah. My wife would be angry. Yeah, I know. We don't want that. No. Because she owns the house. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That was good. That was, dude, you're on fire today. Like you had Scotty's a couple. On fire. You had a couple like little one-liners that you said right before we started recording too, and I was just like, man, like that was really funny. So thank you, buddy. You're just, you're just on it today. Wow. How was your week? Oh, you know, it was all right. I was oh, uh, out of town for work and had to watch the stars. The second, uh, yeah, the second game against the Blue Jackets. Uh, I had to watch that in a hotel. Which really was the... Which or no, really, no, the first game. Sorry, first game against the Blue Jackets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the second game, I was driving, so... Well, and the second game, that was the... We'll get we'll get there, but that was the more entertaining of the two, even though the Stars lost. But that yeah. was still... That was that was a really good game to watch. Wah, so, wah. Yeah, but it's fine. All right, you want to get into it this week, then? No, uh, just so that way we're not... Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Let's do all that then. The furthest away listener this week is from Great Barrington, Massachusetts. There was a little bit of a discussion between me and Cameron whether or not it was Barrington or Barrington, and we just we decided that anybody from Massachusetts would pronounce it Barrington. So yeah, that's what that's where we're going. So we're gonna go Barrington uh, because you know. English. I uh, <laughs> I freaking love Massachusetts. I love the city of Boston. I've got a lot of Navy friends from there. That it's 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 a great place. So it's good to have you, Massachusetts. I've never been there, but I I do like beans. So I went to I, I saw the Rangers play the Red Sox at Fenway. 
in 2012, I think yeah. is what it was. So Back it was, when that game was worth watching. Yeah, it was. Oh, but it, and they got just annihilated what was the name of that um what was the name of that pitcher that the rangers had that uh, supposedly he had like a it, it was like a frisbee pitch or um huh i i can't remember it, it's it, was it iwahara i can't i can't remember it was it's, it was a it was a very tiny um japanese man uh, I don't remember. But he had like this crazy pitch that supposedly no one could hit. It was called like a frisbee changeup or something. I can't remember, but he came in in relief because Colby Lewis started that game. And uh, he came in in relief and gave up like two grand slams in that game or something. It was ridiculous. Yikes. And 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 one of them landed like right in front of me at Fenway. So it was. Did but, you throw it back? No, it didn't. Like I didn't catch it. I still have yet to do that. That is on my bucket list. I I don't even care if it's a. Uh, home run i just want to catch a foul ball or something and then i want to look like the hero and give it to the kid i'm going to pretend to give it to the kid and then i'm going to give the ball to the parent and i'm going to throw the kid back yeah yeah, yeah. i think and you know what i think some parents out there would be like that's a good trade yeah i think most parents out there would be like that's a good trade especially parents that take their children to baseball games they're like yeah get that fucker away from me <laughs> what's the fun fact Oh, yeah. The fun fact about Great Barrington is it is the birthplace of Texas's fourth president, Anson Jones. Obviously, fourth and final president. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. So, that's a, Yeah, that is a really good fact then. I like that. Bingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tie it all together. Well, yeah. Great Barrington, it's good to have you. Hopefully, we it's have you circle. again this week. It is. It's a, it's a nice, perfect circle. No corners. I hate that movie so much. Like <laughs> it's that, so stupid. Oh man, and it's so does not age well. It, I, it, it, well moving on, moving on. Yes, no. <laughs> name it, name we'll a just, Kevin James movie that does. Oh man, Kevin. The only good Kevin James movie is Paul Blart, is where he's the leading man. Is Here Comes the Boom. Never seen it. But. Oh man, it's 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 really good, and it it doesn't spend the whole time like making fun of how fat he is. But it does kind of like hint to that, but it never says it, and that's like one yeah. element that I really like. But then I don't know if you'd call Hitch a Kevin James movie. Fair. That, that was Fair. his big break, but I, I still wouldn't call it a Kevin James movie. Yeah, I still. Whenever I see Kevin James, I just think of King of Queens, and that show sucks. There were f- some Mm-mm. funny no. moments. Mm-mm. Yes. Nope. Yes. You know like what the when, only like good when thing- heard, like when uh, like when he uh, staples his uh, like he's shooting a staple gun in the can. And he goes for the trick shot. And he goes between his legs and he staples his nutsack to his shorts. Oh, no, I don't remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I just really like Jerry Stiller in it as the dad yeah. and whoever the wife is. Uh, yeah. What was her name? Uh, or is, I guess she's still alive. Uh, oh, she had that Scientology thing. Oh, Melissa she something. Yeah, something. I don't know. She, I just remember whenever I was a kid, just remembering how gorgeous Le- she Leah was. Leah Rimini. Leah Rimini. Yeah. That's what it it's, I, there's just, there's something about her. I just, I've just always thought that she was just stunning. I think so. it's the accent. I think so too. I think it's that really thick act. But I mean, but she's also really, really easy on the eyes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like Patricia Heaton, I think. But but it's Patricia. Two, but it's two different things. Patricia Heaton was more like the comforting mother figure, and then what was what was the one from King of Queens? Leah Remini. She was like, you don't want to fuck with her. Like she's gonna. Yeah. You you meet her in a back alley, she's gonna fuck you up, kind of thing. And I don't know. It's just two different things. But I tougher just, than a sandpaper dildo. I don't. Ooh. I mean, I could see that. 
from yeah. from from her absolutely just because yeah. you could just tell she's very new york and love yeah. it so yeah 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 well all right i don't know how we got off on this anyway you want to move you want to you want to start kevin james i still think paul blart is is okay for what it is oh, it, it, it made me laugh no. and i did not expect it no, to make me laugh it no it was yeah. awful it was like watching that first game that the mavs played against the warriors this week like it was like i turned it off halfway well that's your problem no it's awful Dude, so, the, the guy from the league is in it. And he's like, I drive a Camry. Bite me. <laughs> Which one from the league? There's a lot of guys from the league. Uh, Steve Ranazisi. Oh, the guy that lied about being in one of the Twin Towers. Yeah, I mean he's still funny. Yeah, he's still funny, but yeah. he's also he's also a liar. Well, I think we all are. All right, you want to <laughs> you want to start you want to start off with the Cowboys? Uh, okay. That's do we have any Do we have anything else that we need to do? What do you mean? Like, no other plugs or whatever? No sponsors this week? No. All right, we're working on it. We're still... No, we're not. <laughs> Clearly, sponsors would hear this, and they'd be like, we've got to be a part of this. Yeah. <laughs> we're killing it. Yeah. By the way, Cameron is drinking YooHoo. I am. I am drinking YooHoo. So... Uh, yeah, YooHoo's a fine product. Yes, it is. It is. YooHoo from a can, because we're adults. Yes. And, uh, do they even make the YooHoo bottles anymore? Yeah. Oh, do they? Okay, yeah. I've, I haven't seen But the seen cans come in a 12-pack. So. Yeah, yeah. The bottles, I think, the bottles don't come in any packs. Mm-mm. But, yeah, uh, no, no, they come in like four-packs. Right? Oh, do they? But um, YooHoo, for all your cigar smokers out there, don't know why, but if you if you don't want to drink whiskey or whatever, like if you're sober like us, uh, while you're smoking a cigar, tr- give YooHoo a try. It sounds weird, but it will it will deliver the goods. All right, so the Cowboys. <laughs> There's our sponsor right there. Yoohoo, hit us up, man. Yeah, deliver like, the we, goods. Yes, deliver the goods. Yoohoo, that's their new catchphrase now. Yoo-hoo, yeah. We deliver the goods. <laughs> so, first thing before we start getting into the one thing that I heard from the Cowboys this week that made me upset... Um, I do want to, as most people that are probably listening to this are already aware, uh, but Drew Pearson was elected into the Hall of Fame, and it's funny because we were just talking about him last week, like yeah. like you said before we the started recording. The original 88. The original 88, and... Uh, Did you get some, eight? It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just so funny that I just... I, like, Michael Irvin will always be 88 to me, just mm-hmm. because I grew up. <clears throat> yeah during that time but i just I, I just always wonder why they never retired the 88 for I mean, drew pearson because i mean you look at his numbers yeah. like he like it's amazing it took him this long to get into the hall of fame i right. think like yeah. it's just um he played 156 games oh he had 489 receptions for 7822 yards which is six exactly 16 yards per reception which is in which is ridiculous yeah that's great uh and then 48 touchdowns so that's over over his over his career i mean it's not like the the touchdowns aren't exactly like 48 touchdowns over what 10 years is it's not like that's not like super impressive but i mean the yards per reception that's amazing especially back whenever he played in the 70s and the 80s where it was yeah. very run heavy yeah so i i'm just i'm surprised it took this long but good on him and i'm i'm just surprised 88 wasn't already retired and in the ring of honor before like long before any of this happened so yeah do you think michael irvin kind of 
played a factor in that. Like, since Michael Irvin wore number... Because, I mean, obviously, Michael Irvin is the far superior of the two receivers, I think. Like, if you compared the two side by side, I just I would take Michael Irvin over Drew Pearson. But if, if Michael Irvin never wore the 88, do you think that the 88 would have gone into the Ring of Honor sooner? Or do you think that this was just something that probably would have never uh, do you happened? Mean, do you mean... Do you- do I think that uh, Drew Pearson would have made it to the Hall of Fame sooner? Not Hall of Fame, but the Cowboys. Like, like would they? Would the Cowboys have retired his number? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know because, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because and he was also three times first team All Pro, and then obviously the, those same three years he was selected to the Pro Bowl games, which this was back whenever the writers used to do it. Right. So these were like legit accolades that you can hang your hat on. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's it's not like he was just some under-the-radar kind of receiver that just was really good and like a Cowboys fan favorite. Like, no, he was a legitimate. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was yeah. a legit option for uh, Roger Staubach right back then. And so I, I just, I'm, just, I'm just curious if you thought that they would retire 88. Uh, I think, I, yeah, I think if Michael Irvin hadn't worn 88, I think by now they would have. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. I think by now they would have. I mean, I don't know what other, uh, I mean, 22, <clears throat> excuse me, 22. I don't know what other numbers are retired. 22, 8, 15. 15 oh, Starbuck, yeah. 8. No, 15, uh, uh, Starbuck wore 12. Oh, 12. Yeah, that's right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, twos and fives. They're just, yeah. They're very similar. Yeah, they're like bizarro twos. Like, fives are like bizarro twos. Like bizarro Superman. Yes. All right, cool. But no, I'd t- <laughs> to answer yeah, 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 your yeah, question. A- I, I mean, yeah, I think so. I think so. I, yeah, they, I, do, I do too. They, the only, I mean, the only reason why 88 isn't retired, like, the only reason why 88 isn't retired now, even... Yeah, now we know why, is because they want to give, like, the new... Right, but if if it weren't for, excuse me, Michael Irvin coming in, I think that that wouldn't have gotten started, and they would have retired it. But now that yeah, Michael so Irvin, which I think is, like, who even knew that that's kind of a different honor in and of itself? Like, yeah, you're the second guy to wear this number, and we would have retired it. But you were so good that now we want to start a thing that now, like, getting this number is an honor for that player. And it no, no one else that I know of does this. No. No one, no one else I know does something like that with, with 88. So yeah. it's just, I, you could argue that Des Bryant was the one that started that. Because didn't Des Bryant have to get Michael Irvin's permission to wear 88? I don't remember. I think he did, but if not, I'm sure I'll get a text message from JR talking about what really happened. But I, I remember it was either he had to get his permission or like Michael Irvin, like he did, like Des Bryant didn't ask, but Michael Irvin said, like, yes, you can, like, go ahead and let him wear 88. Cause I'm pretty sure that's what he wore at Oklahoma State. I think so. Was 88. And so coming into the league, I think, so. I, I think yeah. that, I think Michael Irvin just well, went like, it's fine. I mean, Go ahead and let Des yeah, wear it. Yeah. Yeah. And then now that's what, start- so Michael Irvin kept it from being retired. Yeah. And now Des Bryant is keeping it from being retired for Michael Irvin. And now it's this whole new thing that we just don't see in sports, which I'm always okay with something like that. Yeah, I know we've already talked about this a little bit in past episodes, but I just, I, I just love what the Cowboys do with number 88. Yeah. I, I, I 
I was a little. I wasn't doing. Yeah, I wasn't sold with the CD Lamb starting out getting it, you know. But but at the same time, I'm like, you know, Michael Urban wore it for his entire career. Uh, Drew Pearson wore it for his entire career. Des Bryant wore it for his entire Cowboys career. So it makes sense. Is he wearing it in Baltimore? Mm, No, I think he's eight in Baltimore. No, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's eight. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But he did wear it his whole Cowboys career. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, this will be interesting to see how long this goes. But really, we kind of long walk for a short drink of water here. But uh, just, it it, it all wouldn't have been possible without Drew Pearson. So, long, long, long overdue. But congratulations to Drew Pearson for getting this honor. Uh, With what a hell of a class the 2021 Hall of Fame class is charles woodson peyton, peyton manning, manning yeah Drew i know Pearson. yeah dude it's it's crazy yeah. and if you haven't seen charles woodson's reaction to being told he made the hall of fame you need to go watch it like it is just it, it's it's amazing to see someone like charles woodson um like he's charles woodson just it was always a bad man like wherever he played like he fit perfectly in oakland yeah just because his his, his play style fits the fans mm-hmm. for oh, Oakland. Oh, he, he, every I think every single hit he ever did would be considered targeting. Yeah, him. absolutely. And I and I and we love him for it. Yeah, we love him for it. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh if you haven't seen the video of him just breaking down crying uh whenever he gets the news, it's just it's something like that that even it doesn't matter how quote tough you are. It's just you like you put in all this hard work. And you hope it's going to mean something someday. Yeah. And this is where I I would argue being yeah. elected into the Hall of Fame is probably bigger than winning a Super Bowl, because Super Bowl wins are more of a team thing. Hall of Fame, that's that's you I living th- yeah, forever. I think, I think it's more of an individual yeah, accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, and, but, and you're the one that worked so hard for this, and 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 everyone is recognizing. But it also you for depends it. on the sport because I agree. Sports like basketball, they seem to let. Just about anybody in. Yeah, and it's it, it kind of goes. Football is a little bit more I'd stringent, probably, if, but if baseball you, by yeah. far is the toughest to get into. It would be I, I would say if you had to rank the four major sports, it would have to be basketball's the easiest. Not not easy. Not that it's but easy less, to get into, but the least stringent. Yes, let's go with that one. And then above that would be football. Then above that would be hockey. And then baseball is easily number one, I think. But and yeah. I think that's just because baseball and hockey have a far greater history than the NBA yeah. and, and the NFL do. I was thinking about it. This like I, could, I don't know when the I don't even know where the Hockey Hall of Fame is. I'm, I'm assuming Calgary. No, no. You want to try a different one? Ontario. Try again. Vancouver. Try again. Toronto. Toronto nailed it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Fucking first try. <laughs> Your first try on the East Coast. It's sure. your first uh, East Coast city that you okay. guessed. Okay. <laughs> Prince Edward Island. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I don't even, I don't know when that started. And I don't really know when Cooperstown started. But I know that there are still people from way back in the day that oh. are, that'll still be every now and then, you know, come up and be elected into the Hall of Fame from way, way back. So it's probably like. It is tougher because there are a, a, there's a lot more. Is this for football? For baseball. For baseball. There, for, there, there, there's a lot more competition. You know, you're being compared to a lot more people. Mm-hmm. People. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
I think, Sorry. I think, you can't, I think you that... can't spring that on me, man. You got to give me a warning or something. Inside joke for those, for just, for those of you who are like, what did I miss? Like inside joke, folks. Uh, and anyway, like I think you're, you're being compared to a, a larger uh, group or a larger sample size, I guess. And I know that they don't base it on that. It's not like, you know, oh, we can only let five people in this year. But when you're, when you are going up against the, say, you're, you're Mark McLemore, right? And your competition that year is like, I know this isn't how it went down, but like, if you're going up against Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez and all these other guys, although Alex Rodriguez probably isn't going to make it in because of steroids, but you know what I mean? You're, you're going to immediately draw less attention. And so it's going to be harder for you to get those votes. So, I, I mean, that's just that's yeah, just no, the, yeah, my I, my thought process. Yeah, behind I agree. It. I th- that I, I, and I think I think at this point, baseball writers and Cooperstown take pride in it being very difficult to make it into the baseball hall of fame. I think that's to their detriment. Like like just because I'm sitting here saying that like oh well, baseball's so hard to get. I'm not sitting here trying to say well, baseball's got it figured out and basketball doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. No, I I think that they can be a little snooty. Yeah. Whenever it comes to oh yeah. And and that, I mean, people who clearly belong in aren't. Yeah, I think so. I think, and I think over time, I think Alex Rodriguez and the steroid out. I don't think Barry Bonds ever no, will. I don't think Barry Bonds ever will. I think A Rod will eventually. I think A Rod will eventually because he. I don't. It was never proven with A Rod, right? Like yeah, it was. No, he was. But oh, he it was. was okay, okay, yeah. okay. But well, either way, I think that A Rod is starting to kind of form a but he served his suspensions that's the that's yeah. the thing that that a rod did that these other guys that have been, that are on the ballot like or were on the ballot this year didn't ever do well and see and he's he he's also starting to become a really good baseball commentator for fox yeah. not not a commentator like the but the like the pre yeah, and the post games doing doing all that and yeah. i i think that that's gonna do a lot for his image and i think or oh, it kind of like what kind of like what charles barkley's doing for tnt you know like Whenever yeah. Charles Barkley played basketball, everyone hated him. He was he was the mean, just snarling, I am not a role model uh yeah. guy. And, yeah. and and it really tainted his image for people who grew up watching basketball back then. But now I think that people look at it and be like, Oh yeah, Chuck, him and Shaq get in it. I know he played a bunch, but I mean he's he's just so funny, you know. So he is funny. Though. Oh, he is hysterical, <laughs> and he's worked on his golf swing. Have you seen it? It's not ugly anymore. I mean, it's not pretty, but it's not what it used to be. But oh, uh, but yeah, I think that that's going to be kind of like the the road that A Rod has to take to Cooperstown, and it, he'll eventually get it. But yeah, I don't think anyone else. I don't think yeah. anyone else will. Barry Bonds, uh, Mark McGuire needs it. Mark McGuire needs to be in it because the steroids he took were not illegal at the time. Right. Um, Sammy uh, Sosa too, right? Yeah. They haven't. So it's just. Yep. I mean, it's just one of those things. So, but anyway, that's it for the Cowboys. Yeah, that's it. No, no, no. I got one more. Th- I got one more. I got one more thing. Oh for yeah, the, Cowboys. the thing that pissed you off. Well, you remember last week we were talking about how where we thought Dak Prescott would be playing next year, and we both said. The Cowboys. Yeah. Well, there are rumors and reports coming out that are saying that Dak Prescott and his agent and the Cowboys are nowhere close to where they want to be for a long-term deal. I sent you... I saw a thing on Twitter. Yeah. And I sent it to you. Yeah. And nothing else ever came out of it. So I think that that Twitter report that said that Dak Prescott signed like a two-year or a four-year deal... 
worth 180 million for the Cowboys. I don't think that that was true, obviously, because nothing no. else is coming. I just think it was just some spam stuff. But yeah. uh, I, the reports that I have read that if the Cowboys and Dak Prescott can't come to a deal, then they're going to franchise tag him again. Yeah, which is I, God, that just it's just so upsetting that it has it has come to this because I don't know. I, I'm more, I wouldn't say like I'm upset, but I'm more frustrated. I don't know who to be mad at when it comes to this. Like, because it would make sense for them to franchise tag him, but he's earned a big deal. Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't know what his agent is asking. I don't know what the Cowboys are counter offering. There's nothing that's coming out about numbers. The only thing that I've seen is that it's, that they're way too far apart and it's looking like, assuming, like not like this is not written in stone or anything, but it's looking like he's going to get another franchise tag. <clears throat> well, here's here's so franchise tags, uh, they're based on uh, the like what the top five. It's the salaries. average of the top five, and this uh, if so, they franchise, what, it'd, what, be, it'd be thirty seven point seven million. So what that tells you is, what that tells you is the Cowboys. Even though the the Cowboys and and Dak Prescott are way far off but that tells you is the cowboys are at least in that ballpark if they're willing to franchise tag him and give him that for a year they're at least willing to give him that you know that's that's my like where where i'm looking at it so i don't know if that means that they're way far off as far and, and this could be it might not be, even be numbers they could be a far off as far as dak wants a 10-year deal and the cowboys want to give him three you know? Yeah, I know. There's there, like numbers have not come out. It, the only thing that I've seen is that they're just they're way too far yeah. apart. But but that's the only number we have, and that tells you that that at least I mean the Cowboys will probably be you know as far as your average salary they probably want to be a little bit under that. But excuse me, um, with <clears throat> what the Cowboys have done have put them has has been to put themselves over a barrel once again. With Zeke's contract. Yeah. Zeke became the highest paid running back in the NFL without being the most productive running back in the NFL for, like, the two years leading up to that. Dak, for the last... I mean, granted, until he went down this year, but last year and then this year... One of the most productive quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, and it makes you wonder if does that show what happens to a player whenever they get their contract? Because I mean that that happens a lot in sports. Is as soon as you get paid, you start to you you start to dwindle. You looking at the math score? Yeah. yeah, it's good to see him kind of show up a little bit. We'll, Whoa! Yeah, we'll talk about that in the next one. Um, but see, but it, but Dak is still. F- f- I just I just glitched there for a second. The Mavs are the Mavs. Dak Dak is still fighting for that big deal, and Zeke yes. isn't anymore. So I don't know if because I mean, whenever they were both trying to get that big deal, and they were both still on their rookie contracts, they were a great tandem. Yeah. So I don't know if it because we talked a lot this year about like this past season that the reason why Zeke's performance was very underwhelming was because he was their only threat well okay so that and if you look at the shelf life of a running back it 
is about it, it's about five years yeah five to eight you know I, eight eight if you're legit but i just still I, i'm just still not ready to call zeke's shelf life to be finished yet I, I i think that i don't think that zeke's contract is hamstringing them so much i think the fact that they made him the highest paid running back is yeah but it's still the cowboys man like they've got they've got they've got plenty but, of money but there but there's a salary cap yeah, I know. Oh no, no, no. I no, I understand that, but I'm just, I'm just saying. I don't think that it's going to be something that's going to be. I don't think Zeke's contract is so big that it's that that they'd look at Dak and say we're paying Zeke way too much money. We can't give you this big contract that you need. I don't think, I don't think that's no, but, the problem. No, but I, I think here's here's the here's what it seems like to me. If it, if the, if it is about the the money, the average salary, you know, Dak's like. Hey, you made Zeke the highest paid running back. Make me the highest paid quarterback. You know? And and the Cowboys would be like, uh you know, balking on it. And but but in reality, like if you if you're talking about the two Positions the two players who who has the better argument for being the highest paid at their position. I can. It's Dak. I mean, and I completely forgot how big his contract is. Holy fuck! I just looked at it and my like my heart skipped a beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I but but I don't think it's hamstring. But once again, even still, I don't think that the Cowboys are that close to being above their salary cap that they have to sit there and they have to worry about it. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but. Oh no! They can always, you know, you you can create cal uh, calorie, <laughs> create uh, cap space, you know, and I'm not saying that I know anything. This is all just speculation. But if I had to go based off of what we've seen and what we've heard, I would say that that Dak is at least wanting to be in the ballpark of being paid what he's worth, and. What he's worth is probably going to make him, if not the highest paid quarterback, at least in the top three, at the very least. I can't think of any quarterbacks I would say deserve to be paid too much more than Dak. Pat Mahomes, you know, of course. Uh, Deshaun Watson, maybe. But I think Deshaun Watson and, and Dak should be in the same ballpark, you know? They have oh man, they have twenty million in cap space. Little North, uh, twenty point one four five. Yeah, that's that's their that's their cap space for next year. Yeah, with with everything that's going on and like with with everything that they're having to pay. So I mean twenty million, which also obviously includes Zeke's contract. So I mean I just it doesn't seem like that that's gonna be. I don't. I, I still just don't see how that's going to be enough to where it's it would keep them from getting to a long term deal. It's just no, yeah, and especially with the the way that contracts are, you know, you can you can backload it. You can you can say, yeah, your average salary is say thirty million a year or forty or whatever, you know, forty five million a year. Make you highest pay. Or I don't even know what what Pat Mahomes or Patrick Mahomes, not Pat. Pat was the pitcher. Uh, I don't even know what uh, Mahomes' contract is, but say you know they wanted to make him the highest-paid quarterback on average salary, you know, then what they would do is they'd say, okay, well we we have to 
not pay you very much this year and create some more cap space, you know? So we get you 20 million this year. And by the end of your, say it's, you know, say it's a six year contract by the end of your contract, since you're making 20 million this year, you're going to be making 60 million that year. Yeah. It's just going to depend on their, cause, cause they also have to have some cap space for yeah. uh, their, their draft picks and all that. So, I mean, it's just, it, Right. We'll see. I just I just hate that they would have to franchise tag him again because the franchise tag is going to be more than what their cap space is that they have left. Right. So it's just going <laughs> to... Right. They're going to have to cut cap space either way. What a fucking shit show this has turned into. Mm-hmm. And, all, and all they had to do, all they had to do is just get him a contract. And I know that we... I know it's... And the longer the yeah. longer it's gone, the more expensive it's gotten. Yeah, I know. I know. It's... it's Yeah. I don't... I don't I don't get remember, it. And that's, that's just last why year, it's so frustrating. Last year or the year before, we were looking at what Dak wanted, and we were like, what? No way. And then he's completely lived up to the number that he asked for, and then some, and now it's going to be more expensive. <laughs> it's like, oh. Oh, shit. Yeah. I, I, think that, <laughs> I think that this is the last year that they can use the... the Franchise the tag. franchise tag on him. I don't know that for sure, but I know that they can't keep doing it forever. And I, 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 I keep hearing that the end of the line is coming soon. Like it has to be this year. Like, like I'd, I'd be surprised if it was any other. If, if they could do it again next year, like because yeah. they've just done it so many times now. So yeah. And he's only twenty seven. So if he can, yeah. if he can come back, nice. If he could come back and 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 have a really good year and show that that leg is still good to go, then it's really going to be interesting to see what happens in free agency next year. So, I'll be pulling for him because because that 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 guy yeah. really needs some money and he needs he needs some security and he hasn't had any. So oh yeah, like uh, he hasn't had any. He's been making thirty million dollars a year, but it's just I know, but uh, I don't. It's to the point to where. If he doesn't stay a Cowboy, I'm going to cheer for whatever team he's on. Obviously, I'm not going to cheer for them over the Cowboys. But, you know, if he goes to a team that I don't hate, then it might be close, you know? (laughs) Like, say he goes to the Titans. He's not going to go to the Titans. I know, I'm just saying. If he did, (laughs) if he did, uh, you better fucking believe it's going to be hard for me to choose who to cheer for. Especially yeah. if it's like a Cowboys Titans Super Bowl. The Cowboys be, in the Super Bowl cheer, without Dak. I would cheer for Dak. the Cowboys. I would cheer for the Cowboys. But. The Cowboys in the Super Bowl without Dak. Like they they really found their diamond in the rough. They yeah. better have traded for Deshaun Watson or some shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's all I've got. Okay. Anything else on the Cowboys? No. All right. Let's talk about the Mavs. Not so depressing this week, but yet still still, uh... still not great. Um, they let's just say that they've started looking better as the calendar turned to February. I they they lost their first one possession game against the Suns. Yeah, which sucks. They <laughs> lost one hundred nine to uh, to one hundred eight, and it was it, like. It, I didn't get a chance to see any games this week except for the two games against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. But from what I read, the Mavs did put up a really good fight, but it, it was just the uh, – who was it? for Devin Booker hit a three-pointer 
yeah. at the end of the game that just put it, it away. It was, wasn't a buzzer beater. No, but it wasn't it may, a buzzer beater. It may as well have been. But yeah, so it's just, it's one of those things that you're looking at and you're going like, when are these guys going to start caring? Because it was the problem last year, or last year, the problem last week was is that Luca called out that they, that no one ever really seemed to care. And it really does look like that Luka Doncic is the only one who's kind of showing up to play right now because especially we can skip that game against Atlanta like they did they did what they were supposed to do they they came out they finally ended the losing streak that they had and then the next night they come out and they play the Warriors and god almighty that was the worst that was easily their worst game of the year and it was super frustrating because whenever you start watching that game it's like the Mavs are keeping up with them they're trading leads back and forth here was the problem. Every single one of Golden State's post players were hurt. Not COVID. None of them have COVID. They're just all injured. So everyone on the floor for Golden State in those two games were all under 6'7". Mm-hmm. But yet here's Christoph Porzingis setting screens at the top of the key and trying to pick and roll and everything. And it's... It's one thing to try and pick and roll on bigger players because they're not as quick. But then you pick and roll on fast players, they all can kind of converge together and see what's going on. And I don't care if you're a foot taller than everyone else on the floor. If you're guarded by five people, you can't do anything. Yeah. I want to know why they didn't just go, hey, KP, go post up right there on the block. We're going to throw it to you. If they double team you, then kick it out and we'll make a three. Or, because they were on fire, the Mavs started off that game, and all anyone on the TNT broadcast want to talk about, at any chance they got, told the crowd watching that the Mavs are the worst three-point shooting team in the league this year. So, maybe giving them those chances at shooting threes isn't what Rick Carlisle wanted to do. But here was the thing, is they came out in that first half, and they were shooting 40% from behind the arc. Like 35-40% behind. I mean, that's that's what you need. Yeah. So I want to know why you don't post up Porzingis, throw the ball down to the block, and if no one double teams him, all he's got to do is just turn around and go... Boop, just right over whoever's trying to guard him. I Like, like uh, Draymond Green was their post that night. And he was the first person, or not the first person, he's the third person, excuse me, to start off at the post and have 15 assists in that same game. Wilt Chamberlain did it, and uh, uh, Jokic did it in, has done it four times in uh, Denver. Yeah. And then uh, now Draymond Green did it to the Mavs on Thursday. Which, by the way... Draymond, I got to give Draymond Green a lot of props. He might be a pain in the ass, but it works for him. It works for him. There was one time where Luca was trying, like he he got fouled by Draymond Green, and Draymond Green didn't think it was a foul, or it was something like that. And Draymond Green's just going around, just talking shit to everyone, and it shows Luca on the uh, on the free throw line, and he's laughing at what Draymond Green is saying. And the TNT announcers were sitting there going, "Well." It's, it's, I'm sure it's funny, but you can't let it get to you. You can't let it get to you like that because that's what Draymond Green does. And what happens next possession, Draymond Green hits a three over Luka Doncic. And it's the TNT announcers were just sitting there going like, see, this is what we were talking about, whatever. 
So, I, I mean, Draymond Green might love him or hate him. You've got to appreciate how good of a passer he is. There was one, there was one pass where Draymond Green had at the top of the key and threw it between, uh, I believe it was Dorian Finney-Smith and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. right to Steph Curry. And I'm just sitting here watching it going, how in the hell did that get through? It was, yeah. it looked like a Patrick Mahomes pass like that just threaded the needle. And so uh, love him, hate him, uh, that's, uh, that's up to you. But you have to appreciate what, uh, you have to appreciate his game and what he brings to the table. So whenever... Uh, and then one other thing, too, about that first game. Just so that way we can move on to the next game that they actually ended up winning. But uh, you want to talk about a player that I want to look for the Mavs to sign? Kelly Arube. That guy... You from, mean Ubre? Yeah, Ubre. sorry. Kelly Ubre. He obviously... Aubrey. in the se- Owns, owns. In the second game, he didn't have quite as good of a game against the Mavs, but he puts up 40 points... And just cannot miss from three. I do not know who was supposed to guard him because the defense was just atrocious that night. It, no one was communicating. You can tell They're that the you can tell that <laughs> what are we rabbits? <laughs> you can tell that the time off that those players had to take from because of the COVID reasons has really just messed with this team's groove because no one was communicating. Yeah, and. Uh, it's like the like the start of the season all over again. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what it is, and it. I'm willing to bet that Josh Robinson or Josh Richardson, excuse me, and Tim Hardaway Jr. finish this year on a different team. Maybe not on the same team, but I'm willing to bet the Mavs, if unless they can get like a four game winning streak going, I think that. Uh, uh, unless they can get, like, I mean, because they, they're not out of it. They are not out of it just yet. It's still early in the season. If they can get, like, if they can string together a few wins, they can be right back in it because it was the same thing with Golden State. Golden State started off so poorly, but yeah. now they're they're up and they're at 12 and 11 now, I think is what it is, and they are holding a playoff spot. So the same thing can happen to the Mavs. But it just looks like that Tim Hardaway Jr., who went? Who started again this game? Zero for seven from the field. Yeesh. Like, the, like it just doesn't look like he cares. It doesn't look like he cares. He kind of looks at it and says, "I don't want to be a part of this team anymore." That's the vibe that I get. And then Josh yeah. Richardson, I think, is another player that he's already said that he wants to go out in free agency because he only signed. A, he like this is the last year that he has on his contract, mm-hmm. and he's already said that he wants to go out and test. So if he's going to do that, then get something for him because yeah. it doesn't sound like he wants to be here. Right. I'm right. just I'm waiting to see this fire sale that the Mavs are about to have because I I really see it coming because it just does like what this team that they've put together right now I thought was going to be better than what they are right now, and it nothing is working like there yeah. there's just no chemistry between these guys and who knows if it's because of the COVID or or the the COVID breaks that a lot of players had to take like I don't know only yeah. time will tell yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but but uh, Kelly, Ubre, Ubre. Thank you. I don't know why. And like even before I came here, I was practicing saying his name because I knew I was going to mess it up. But Kelly Ubre is a is a UFA at the end of this year. Yep. I would love to see the Mavs go get him because he reminds me of Seth Curry a little bit. Yeah. Not Steph. 
but yeah. his brother. Yeah. And I, I just think that that's something that, because whenever he played for the Suns, th- like this game that he had against the Mavs where they beat him by 37 or whatever it was, like that's what he looked like whenever he played for the Suns. Yeah. And a change of scenery looks like it's not real. It, like it's starting to kind of work for him a little bit, and he's kind of starting to really find his game again. And I wonder if you put him on a team with Rick Carlisle, not that I'm saying that Rick Carlisle is better than uh, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. I mean, who knows? He might be, but I just think that you put him in Rick Carlisle's system, which is very similar to Steve Kerr's yeah, system. Yeah. I think that he would thrive. So there's the answer. I think that they need to do. They need to I go think, out and get him this offseason. Yeah, I think I think uh, Rick Carlisle's more focused on the small ball and and getting people open shots, whereas. Steve Kerr's looks more like... Where's Steph? Give it to him. Yeah. That's that's his offense. Yeah. Oh, Steph, they're double-teaming you. Find the open man. You know? Oh, it was Clay. Splash. You know? Oh, it was Draymond. Kick to the nuts. Did you see that Clay Thompson has almost 100,000 all-star votes? Really? Yes. Good for him. Fuck that. He hasn't played at all this year. This is why fans should not be allowed to vote for all-star games. Ah, whatever. This is why. I'm so I'm Get bitter. Off my lawn. Nope. Nope. That is not this is not a boomer thing. This is one of those <laughs> things that if you're gonna sit there and 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 hold all-star games to this high accord, but yet I, I remember that one time the 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 Baltimore Orioles had a catcher that was supposed to be like the next best thing, but then he hurt himself in spring training, but yet he ended up winning the starting catcher job for the All-Star game for the American League. Didn't play it all that year, and it's not that he got just a few votes, ha ha ha. No, he got enough votes to win an All-Star game place, but not just get a spot but the starting catcher it's a joke it's all a farce it, it that's all that it is whenever you allow fans these are the same people that want to name a boat Bodie McBoatface you know like it's just anytime there's ever a school name up for up for grabs it's always Bodie McBoatface and it's funny don't get me wrong i think it's funny but whenever it comes to all-star games and stuff if we're, if 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 they're not if the programs aren't going to take it seriously, if the organizations aren't going to take it seriously and allow fans to vote people like Clay Thompson into an All Star game this year, then it, then it shouldn't even be a thing. It just shouldn't because it's just all a joke. You, okay, well, first of all, you're wrong, uh, but this is why. It's not like he's going to play. He can't play. But what did they he do to earn they, any votes? Nothing. He hasn't done anything. Not this year he hasn't. I'm just saying it's more of fans showing that they still appreciate him, which I can get behind. Because he's not going to play. He's not actually taking a roster spot from anybody. He's getting the votes, sure. But, you know, he's going to show up like he would have anyway, and he's not going to play. And whoever, you know, was the first person, quote-unquote, off the list is going to get that call anyway. Then don't okay. See if that's what we're gonna do. Then don't be like, oh well. Look at his accolades. He is a three-time NBA champion. He's a three-time NBA uh, uh, NBA playoff MVP. He's a two-time NBA All Star or not not All Star. He's a two-time NBA season MVP. And then you want to pull out this stat like that he's a fucking seven-time All Star. Like it doesn't mean like if Clay Thompson ends up winning a spot this year. 
It's bullshit, and he shouldn't be allowed to use that as a thing that says that, well, was he an all-star? Yes, he was. What did he do to deserve it? Nothing. He has not played a single second this year, and I just think it's bullshit that people mm. are even allowed to vote for him. I mean, does anybody actually take all-star games seriously? Not the games themselves, but if you're like, voted into it, people do use that as reasons why they're so great. All the time you hear that. All I the know. time you hear people like... I know. We talked about Hank Aaron. Not, not legitimate analysts. No, yes, yes. That's all ESPN and ABC and Fox legitimate. Sports and anyone who's like, I, those are all like legitimate people. Those are the ones that sit there and talk about just how great everyone is, which is fine. But it's just, if, if, if we're going to allow fans to vote for this, then it should not be taken seriously as like a legit. Uh, accolade. It just shouldn't. I it mean, should just be like a thing that we do in the middle of the season that's like, oh, well, this is fun and then we forget about it. We need to stop keeping track of it if we're just going to make it a joke. If injured players can get voted into All-Star games, then that's fine. That's the fans supporting and I get that and I can see why that'd be a good thing. But we need to stop viewing it as this great thing because you can you can get voted in without even playing. And it just, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I agree that... It- like my thing is, it, it, like to tie it back to baseball. Like Bryce Harper made the All Star game like his first five years in the major leagues. In his first five years in the major leagues, he had almost identical stats to Rugnet Odor's five, first five years in the major leagues, and uh, you know he was on his way to being called a bust. He was fast fast tracked to being called a bust, but he still made the All Star game like four out of five years because he had name recognition and and fan support and that was it but at the same time like and that's frustrating because it's like well you know the only reason he's in there is because people know his name but at the same time it's like well you know like does anybody actually in the sport take the all-star i know the analysts and espn talk about it all the the time i know but i know the analysts and espn whatever they talk about it all the time but does does anybody really like I know players like it because it it's a popularity contest and and they treat it like a popularity contest and that's why like a, if you ask a player he'll say oh yeah I would much rather like not much rather but like I would love to be in the All-Star game because it's you're you're getting that feedback from the fans which is what it's supposed to be anyway you know but and see, that's like all- I don't think they treat it as like an accolade. Yes, you they know? do. No, I, that's all. I, that's anyone I'm just that you saying. Ever I don't. I, I've never once heard any player be like, "Look how great I was! I made the All Star game ten times." See, I'm not. Talk- it's always it's always other stats or whatever. You know, like I, so. I, I I agree with your point, but what I'm saying is, I I don't think anybody's really making that big of a deal of it, and and to try to say like, oh no, he's amazing because he made the all-star game you know this year and he didn't even play it's like mm. that's no but see that's it's not that people are looking at like if clay thompson were to make the all-star game people wouldn't be like oh look how awesome clay thompson is it would just still be a thing that people would be like huh isn't that funny that he made it but 20 years from now people will look at it and be like oh well look how many all-star games he was voted into and this is all that like that's just the that's the way that I mean, people about, look but, at it but, but think, about, think about it this way if he falls off and he's never the same player again he's probably not going to make another all-star game and so this is probably his last one but if he keeps going 
then it's kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he didn't do it that year, but okay, cool, take one off. Like, <laughs> well, we'll we'll just have to agree to disagree on this one because I think I I think that I think that people view it in higher regards than how you view it, and maybe I'm making too big of a deal out of it, but I'm just tired of hearing people say like, oh, well, he's a seven-time All Star. And and they're supposed to view that as like a great thing for him, and I just think it's just so stupid. Like, it's, there's I, no point in it. And I'm I, I'm I'm done. I'm I know, done. I know. I'm I'm just saying, like, the NBA fans that I've talked to, because I really don't it's, know anything about the NBA, but the the people that I talk to all say that the All Star Game is a joke and nobody gives a shit. The and, game and itself. The only, that's not. The I'm the not talking that about they the care game. About is the dunk competition. I'm not even, ta- I'm not even talking. I know you're not talking about the game. I know you're talking about getting voted the, into it. I know you're not talking about the game. But if the game itself is viewed as kind of a joke, then so does getting voted into it. All right, that's that's fine. Moving on. So the next game that the Mavs played was against the Warriors, and the, the or the next game against the Warriors was two nights later, and they ended up winning this game, one thirty-four to one thirty-two. And the the difference between like what was the difference between this game and that first game? Yeah, Luka Doncic was your best player. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Luka Doncic was Luka. In that first game, it was really kind of the Jalen Brunson show. Jalen Brunson, and he's been the only man. I didn't even know this, but watching that first game, all the TNT analysts could talk about was how Jalen Brunson is the only consistent Maverick. Shooting 50% from the floor, shooting 40% behind the arc, and shooting 90% from the from the free throw line. So anyone who is a Jalen Brunson hater, you just do not have a leg on which to stand. Like just because his numbers are backing up like everything that we were hoping that he would be. He's slid in and kind of taken over. He's like a younger JJ Barea. Is what it is. Like he he's he's done yeah. a good job at stepping in and filling that he's, void. Yeah, he's not been flashy, but he's been he's been solid. Yeah, he's been great. And so, but it was just it was awesome to see this next game, uh, where it because the thing that helped them was the Mavs started off on an eighteen to two run. So they started the game off really well, and they never really let off of the gas. The Warriors obviously came back, and they ended up taking a lead. I think in the third quarter or something like that, but then Steph Curry comes in and he makes he makes 11 three-pointers this night, and the one that everyone is talking about is the one that he made from, from the half logo. court and did that weird little shoulder thing that yeah. everyone, like, I don't even know what the hell that was, and then you could see Steph Curry going to the bench going, what did I just do? <laughs> what was that? And so uh, it's hard. It, it is hard to hate Steph. Man. Oh, I absolutely agree. And it's hard to hate Clay Thompson or anyone except for Draymond Green. Yeah, anyone well. that's on the Warriors right now. But see, but that's the thing, though. I love Draymond Green and the way he plays. He's like the enforcer of basketball. You yeah, know, like he, yeah, he's kind yeah, of yeah. like he's kind of like the Brad Marchand of the NBA. And it's cool to kind or of the see Ryan that. Reeves. And he knows what he's doing too. He'll walk around like there was one moment in this game the the second game against golden state where uh he took a charge and it was obviously a charge like you like you were to look at the rule books and that picture would be next to the rule of charging yeah but he's walking down the court shaking his head saying that wasn't a charge that wasn't a charge that wasn't a charge over and over and over again coming back and he's down at the other end getting ready to play defense he's still yelling at the ref saying that that wasn't a charge and all this stuff and even though it was he knows what he's doing yeah he is so smart blowing in lebron james's ear in the finals that was was, was lance stevenson 
Oh, that was Lance Stevenson. Yeah. That's who that was. Oh, yeah. dude, dude. But Lance real- Stevenson was the one that started that that really kind of started this. And Draymond Green has done a better job at I I think a better job at making it into a thing now. So funny story, real quick, quick aside. I have a friend who lives in Indianapolis, and uh, he uh, he was bartending at a at a restaurant, and he was like, "Dude, uh, Lance Stevenson just came into my restaurant and sat down," and uh, I was like, "Dude, please tell me." Please, please, please tell me you made his food too hot, and he had to blow on it, and you took a picture and and uh, you know photoshopped Put LeBron's, LeBron's face, face on it. it. And he goes, "Dude, I wish I'd have texted you twenty minutes ago." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that have been my favorite. My favorite. My favorite thing that came from that was whenever 50 Cent was throwing the opening <laughs> and then, pitch and the ball just went way to the left. They, impo- they, they, they put Lance Stevenson in it and he blew right as he threw the pitch. <laughs> yeah, Lance Stevenson. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I for, forgot. Yep, that's right. For, for, uh, for our listeners out there, this is really the dynamic that Cameron and I have. We can literally be arguing about something and – Go. What? Well, it's fine. We'll just fucking drop it. And five minutes later, we're. That's not. I wasn't trying else. to be. I, no, I no, no, no. I know. I know. I'm just know. saying, like, I, we're not going I, anywhere. I, I wasn't. It. I wasn't saying you were throwing a fit. I'm just saying, in most scenarios where I've seen where it's like clearly we could keep arguing about this, you know, there's still some animosity, you know, like five minutes later. But not, nah, not with us. We're just like no, nope, we're, nope, we're good. No, we're good. Lance Stevenson. Well, it's one of those things that we're like we're we're both like super passionate, and so whenever we get into a conversation where we actually do disagree, it's just best to kind of like find a stopping point and go like, all right, let's move on because we're not yeah. getting anywhere with it. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll be that unwritten rules of baseball conversation that took four hours, or it was that one where we talked about Urban Meyer for like fucking an hour on oh, the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Urban Meyer and Tom Herman. Yeah, our I, numbers I'm, have not been the same. No, they have not been the same since then. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was just oh well. It was awesome to watch Luca and Steph just battle back and forth because that fourth quarter, that's all that it was. Steph Curry would go down and hit a three and get him within like two or three points. Luca would go down and he would he would hit a three. Yeah. And so it was just Rick Carlisle, and he would know better than anyone on the face of the earth to compare someone to this player. But he said that that's what Larry Bird did. He said that's what Reggie Miller did. And Rick Carlisle played with Larry Bird in yeah. Boston, and he also coached with him in Indiana. <clears throat> yeah. And he coached Reggie Miller in yeah. Indiana with Larry Bird. So, like, that's just, like, yeah. the trifecta. And if anyone would be an expert on those two guys that wouldn't be those two guys, it would be Rick Carlisle because he spent the most time with them. And he sat there after that game and just went, it was just amazing to watch him work. Because he looked, he he looked like Larry Bird, and that's that like that's huge coming from someone like Rick Carlisle to say that about Luka Doncic. So yeah, I am hoping that. Ooh, I don't I know. know what that sound was. <laughs> it sounded like your dentures clacked together. Yeah, I know. I like I swallowed and it just kind of like stuck in my throat. Like it's, it's like Kramer. Like I shave my legs not every day. You know, whenever he's trying to drink not the milkshake. <laughs> so. Uh, that was that was this week, and it's kind of looking like that maybe they're turning it around a little bit. I know that they're playing the Timberwolves tonight, and that is if, the, if they're winning right now at halftime, seventy-one to fifty-one. And if they win tonight, it's not like that's going to be impressive because everybody's beating the Timberwolves. 
But, but you've got to start somewhere. Yeah, you need well, to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. And it's it's only going to get easier these next three games because then they've got the Hawks and the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. After tonight, those should be two winnable games and three if you want to include the night the game tonight. So there's that three-game winning streak I was talking about. And you've got all this confidence coming into whenever the Portland Trail Blazers are coming into town. And Portland is middle of the pack in the East, mm-hmm. which is kind of to be expected with Portland. But Port- Portland's in the East? Portland's oh, no, I'm West. sorry. I didn't mean to say the East. The West. I'm okay. sorry. They're middle of the pack in the West, so it's still, like, it's one of those things that you need to end up beating this team, and hopefully you've got a little bit of confidence going into it, and a little bit of, you. like, you've kind of got your groove back, and, uh, like, I that, that... I got my swagger back. <laughs> I'm, ah! I'm sorry, but you've thrown off the Emperor's groove. Sorry. So those are the games this week. And uh, I I can see all four of those games being winnable games, de- depending on how well they play those first three, like these first three games. And if the game tonight is any kind of indication on how it's going to go, I feel pretty confident about it. It's it's still not quite time to hit the panic button just yet. I know that I was sitting here talking about how um, I know I was sitting here talking about how uh, I don't think that. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Josh Richardson are going to finish. I don't think that they're going to be sellers at the trade deadline. I think that they're still going to be trying to bring in pieces that they're going to need in order to make their playoff run better or their push for the playoffs better. And I think that Tim Hardaway Jr. Josh Richardson are going to be included in those deals. Yeah. Yeah, so. that makes sense. So looking at the standings right now, you know how last year – or not even last year, earlier this year, we were like, oh, you know, the East is getting better than the, the East is better than the West, blah, 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 because the West has been the better for so long. Like, I'm looking at it. Mavs right now are 10 and 14, which is 14th mm-hmm. in the West, next to last. But at 10 and 14, if they were in the East with the same record, they're tied with the Cleveland Cavaliers for 10th. In the East. Yeah. Which is, what, two spots out of the playoffs. I, uh, gotta say the West is looking like it's still the better team. I mean, the, it's, the Kings have a winning record, and they're not a playoff team right now. Yeah. I, we'll see. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean. Crazy. This Crazy. is why, yeah. Crazy. Because, I mean, we, we, make, we make our assumptions, and more times than not, we are going to be wrong. <laughs> well... <laughs> You. I will be wrong. Yes. <laughs> I don't so, know why I laughed like that. Nah. <laughs> 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 reminds me of uh, when I was in high school and I was like, what if, uh, you know, yawning is like, like you can't control when you do it, but what if you couldn't control how you did it? And whenever you yawned, you just went, ah! And so I started doing that when I yawned. And it pissed people off. It makes stop doing it. It makes me think of whenever Peter on Family Guy goes, "You're just jealous because I can re- I can recite all fifty states and their capitals in half a second. Yay! Peter, that wasn't anything. That was just a yelp. Ah, yeah, that's how it went. So, <laughs> with the Mavs, I mean, it's just 
they really I, I said this last week they just they need to have a strong month of february and the 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 month of february is set up for them to do it because it, they have a lot of home games so i mean you want to talk about being able to kind of get comfortable with each other again it's going to be really easy to do it on your home court especially yeah. practicing at home and yeah, yeah, not yeah. having to take like not having to take the same kind of precautions uh, whenever it comes to covid like you would have to on the road yeah at home, you can be a little bit more. I wouldn't At least say you're more comfortable yes. with yeah, it. Yeah, I wouldn't say lackadaisical, but you're. It's you know, you know the lay of the land. You know mm-hmm. how this is going to go, and you have more control over your travel. Yes, absolutely. Uh, to and from the court. Yes, whereas, absolutely. You know, if you're on the road, you don't have a whole lot of tr- control over your travel, even in the airport or wherever you go. You know, so. So, including the game tonight, their next. The seven of their next eight games are all at home. The nice. one lone game is in Houston. Or the one the one lone road game is in Houston. So it's not even like you're having to even travel that far. But then you have to go at the end of the month, you have to go to Philadelphia and then to Brooklyn. Which that that Brooklyn game is not looking as scary as maybe it did last week because Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, like it might be a thing where there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. I'm not saying that they like, I'm not saying that they are a bad team. I'm saying that they might not be as scary as we all initially thought that they would. Well, I think what makes them scary is that it's it's that it's not that you think that they're all three going to be on at the same time. It's that two out of the three are most likely going to be on at any, at any given night, and that's like, you know, that that's really hard to beat, like, even just that. So, I would say, I still think it's going to be a pretty scary game, especially because Kyrie's looked really good since he's come back. You know, there was a lot of speculation about that, but he's he's looked like. He's looked good since he came back. Uh, you know, Rich Harden is has looked good. James Harden. James Harden. Why did I say Rich Harden? He he pitched for the Athletics. Yeah, I don't know. And the I, Diamondbacks. It, it seems like only whenever the microphones are running is whenever I'm sitting here going like, oh, yeah, you know, Charles Bird. You mean Larry Bird? Like, yeah, Larry Bird. What the uh, fuck am I talking Larry, about? Larry Laurels Barkley. Laurel. <laughs> Don't rest on your laurels, Barkley. Mm. Well, I'm going to go ahead and put a pen in this before he really gets nuts. <laughs> I'm just telling you. like, It just seems like it just, that game against Brooklyn, I, and especially at the end of the month, we'll know. Because at, at, at that point, we'll only have three more games left in the season. At the end of February? Yeah, because it's uh, right here it says that it ends March 3rd for me. Like that's what that's what my uh, that's what my that's what my phone says. It's supposed to be how many games? Like fifty three. I only count. You remember whenever I was making my prediction, I said I could only find thirty seven games, and I knew that that didn't seem right. But it's just I'm telling you. I think that's just the All Star break. I think they just don't have the schedule for the post All Star. That break. might be it. Then that might be that might be it because I I remember whenever I was sitting down going like, why am I only finding thirty seven games? So that might be it then. So I and even if they play an All Star game, like who knows what's going on with basketball right now? It's yeah, just, like and, and, I mean, speaking of, 
literally everybody, every basketball player they've talked to is like, why the fuck are we having an all-star game? This is stupid. Even LeBron says it's stupid. Uh, well. Now I'm saying that's like even LeBron and it's literally been the LeBron, the LeBron show for the past 10 years. So my thing is, is it's just, it's seeming like that with athletes in the end, you can be upset all you want, but it's still your company saying that you have to do things. Yeah. And oh it's yeah. Just, oh yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I just it's still think in that your contract. It, it, it was like whenever the players went on strike last year with the, in the NBA and the NHL to protest police brutality. I'm not saying that what they did was wrong, but if we allow this to happen all the time, then any little thing that the athletes feel like that they need to protest about, they can do it and they can feel like that they can kind of get away with it. And I like I, I get why they would protest. I'm not sitting here saying that what they did was wrong, but I'm saying let's tread carefully here because now it's like, well, we don't want to play an all-star game. Well, this is money for us, your company. This is how we pay your bonuses. I don't give a shit if you want to play it. Like, Complaining about playing uh, during COVID for sure. I get why they wouldn't want to do it because this this is such a draining season. But what if it gets to the point now? Also, whenever after COVID is done and the players are like, "Well, we still don't want to play an All Star game, so we're just not going to go." And it, it like, like, I mean, I don't, I don't. That doesn't seem very likely to me. And, and I, I, you know we what? Can, we can go into what ifs all all we want, but I'm like, just I'm just telling you, like, this is like like the, them protesting last year. I saw that and went, "That's fine," because this is a serious issue, and I get that this is bigger than sports. But let's not get too used to doing this. Like boycotting games because you want to protest something. That's 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 very thin ice, I think, that we sh- really kind of need to watch out. Now, I'm not trying to sit there and say that they shouldn't have a voice whenever it comes to stuff like that. But whenever it comes to interfering with your job and the work that you are getting paid to do, that's whenever I'm sitting there going like, let's just kind of hold off there for a second, guys. Let's let's not get too used to this. Hmm. Police brutality and protesting that, like, that's fine. But then, but now, like the players are going to start. You give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. Now they're going to start trying to see what they can get away with, and well, like, mean, let's go ahead and because without us, you guys have nothing. And I understand that, but at the same time, we pay your we pay your salaries. You, if we say that you have to be at an all star game, you've got to go to an all star <laughs> game. And Alexander Ovechkin in the NHL has not played in an all-star game for years because he doesn't have to worry about it and he gets a one-game suspension. But that's one player saying that they don't want to do it. Once you once it starts coming down to like everyone saying that they don't want to do it, then I mean, you've got to listen to them because I mean, they they are the athletes, but at the same time, you like you can't just sit there and say, "Well, I know that you're my employer, but I'm going to do whatever I want anyway." At at some point, You've got to step in and say, I don't give a shit if you want to do it or not. We're telling you you have to do it. Or or you can not be you cannot work here anymore. So I way off topic. Yeah, yeah, and we could have a, a long debate about that. Yeah, we so, really could. I'm so just I'm te- not gonna I'm not, we're not No, I yeah. know. I'm just I'm just trying to say like whenever it comes to the all star game here, and it's one of those things that with COVID, I think that they shouldn't do it. I get why they shouldn't do it. But let's not make this a regular thing. 
I mean, all I will say is that if somebody can dictate when, where, and how a protest happens, then it's not a protest. It's an allowed demonstration, and it will change nothing. So that's all I'm going to say, is if we start drawing hard lines in the sand or even hinting at lines in the sand on what's okay to protest, what's not okay, and don't leave it up to what players will get behind and what they won't get behind, then then it's not really a protest. It's it's the league telling them what they can and cannot demonstrate for, which I would say wouldn't change anything. That's, that's, that's all I'll say. That's okay, all I'll say. and I'm just, all I'm saying is that I've got no problem with them protesting things that are like serious issues. But whenever it comes down to your employer telling you, you have to do this, well, I don't want to. Like, well, too fucking bad. You can protest. I Okay. This is the, that's wrong. Yeah, it's like you can and you can't. That's not what I'm saying. But it, whenever it comes to what your employer wants to do, if you don't like it, the rest of us all have to find a new job if we don't like it. I don't give a shit if you play sports for a living. If we're not happy with our jobs, not if you're in a union. <laughs> yeah, and I mean they have a they have unions and shit. So, but anyway. Anyway, that's that's how like lockouts and shit happen, and yep. I don't care who you are, you get mad whenever lockouts happen. Oh yeah, that's just the way it goes. Oh yeah, because everyone looks at it and says, "Well, they're just a bunch of millionaires crying." So. Well, everybody, it, you get mad at it. everybody gets mad, but not everybody gets mad at the same people. Like when a lockout happens, I automatically get mad at the owners and management because I'm like, "You're making how many billions of dollars?" They say they want like a higher percentage. Fucking give it to them, man. Like, what are you complaining about? Like, you're you're spending it to where they're the spoiled millionaires who don't think they make enough money. It's like you're the one making all this all the money. <laughs> like, what? How are you not the bad guy? Anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. That's it for the maps. Do you have anything else? Uh all I'm saying is uh, uh in my NH uh, NHL, in my NBA. 2K21 game. Tim Hardaway led the uh, led the league in three point percentage. You know, with fifty one percent. And that's what I'm saying is that he can do better. When you say you're gonna do better, when you know that's better, it, that's, you, you do, do better. better. That's what it is. It's like Oprah keeps telling Gail, and I keep telling you. <laughs> when, when you know better, you do better. Yeah, and so I'm. I, so that's why I think that Tim Hardaway Jr. has kind of checked out. Yeah, I think he is done, and I think that it, I think that the Mavs kind of see it and they go, "All it's, right, like we'll we'll just wash our hands of this. We'll get some draft picks for you." Or this something. game's also kind of unrealistic because it, it also had Willie Cauley Stein having like thirteen rebounds in a game. So, well, he fucking should. I know he should. He fucking should. I know he should. Just like Tim Hardaway Jr. But, should shoot. But they make maybe his, not fifty-one percent, but but in the game they make his fingers work correctly yeah yeah right he knows how to catch and notice he has not played lately either so yes i'm always okay with that wow so you move on to the stars after we had like way <laughs> we went way off track there do you do one tribute oh yeah you want to do that now i was saying we were going to wait until the end I mean, this is bad. yeah let's do it go ahead Trivia. Okay, so preview for the Rangers segment. Elvis Andrews has been traded. I'm 
not happy about it, but whatever. Anyway, right now, as it stands right now, Elvis Andrews is third all-time on the Rangers hits list. Can you tell me, A, who are the two Rangers ahead of him, and B, how many hits short of second place did he fall? Okay. All right, let's go stars. All right, let's go stars. So that's and once again, that's why if for anyone who's sitting there going like, why are they, why aren't they talking about the Rangers? Elvis getting traded is a huge deal. Yes, that would like you could potentially argue it would have been the same thing like if the Mavs would have traded Dirk. I think that if the Mavs were to have traded Dirk, I think that would still be bigger news. But it's they're on par with each other. I think. I, I, I still think that Dirk being traded would have been bigger, but that's just, but it's just big that uh, similar. Oh uh, uh, yes, similar. similar. It's uh, that a uh, that a local icon that brought a lot of success to this organization is now no longer here, and mm. it's not under it's not by his choice. Yeah, too, which is the real sad thing. So that's yeah. that's why we're saving the Rangers for last is because we need to dive into that and we need to kind of be unencumbered by thinking that we need to move on to something else. We need to give Elvis paid the respects that he has that that he has due to him. So Yeah. Moving on to the stars. Well, yeah, we'll dive on into that in a second. So this week you can kind of look at it and say Mas Menos, you know, win some, lose some. Mas or Menos? Yes, Mas or Menos. That's how I say it. Okay. Yeah. They <laughs> right, Ola. No, that's that's a, that's an inside joke that you don't even get. Nope. <laughs> we gotta watch that movie one day. It's so funny. Will that? Will Ferrell, you're welcome. Or uh, yeah, Will Ferrell's Broadway performance, "You're Welcome, America," last night with George W. Bush. Ah. Oh, it is so funny. <laughs> Maser Manos, right, Ola? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um. So they only had three games this past week. Uh, from since the last time that we recorded, they they won against the Blue Jackets six to three on Tuesday the second. They lost to the Blue Jackets four to three on the fourth, and then they lost last night to Chicago two to one in overtime. So, not a whole lot to break down this week, but still some things that I would definitely like to discuss. So that first game that they played, that they won six to three, that Jake Ottinger was in net, mm. and uh, Razor and Josh were both argue or not arguing, but they both were discussing. It's like Jake Ottinger's just looking around, going, "I don't see what the big deal is starting off in the NHL because my team just gives me six goals every time I come out and start a game. <laughs> so yeah. It takes all the pressure off of him in order to do that. So the, the crazy thing is, uh, at that point, that was what their eighth game, right? Uh, no, that was like their seventh, I think. Seventh or eighth game, yeah. Uh, it was their third game. Seventh. The seventh game. Seventh game, yeah. Yeah, but their third game scoring more than six points. Crazy. You know how many times they did that last year? Three times. I thought it was four, but four? yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I knew it was something like, really all close. Year. Yeah. All year. It never happened. It just never did. And I don't. I didn't know the answer, but I, I just threw out a number. But three yeah. sounded about right yeah. <laughs> because it's just... Yeah, yeah, I, I, but they did it all the time in the playoffs. 
Yeah. So, so they, should, you, they could. You, you can kind of see this coming here. And you're going to have down weeks, people. Like, it's just going to happen. But it just shows, I think it just shows that the that bonuses mentality fits the, the identity of the team more than Montgomery's did. And that's not a knock on Montgomery because he was able to take a team that obviously is very offensively gifted and turn them into the best defensive team in the league. Well, it was just so crazy because they, whenever the Stars went from Lindy Ruff to Kent Hitchcock, that is two completely different styles of coaching. Yeah. Like, uh, everyone knows the Lindy Ruff, high-flying Dallas Stars from 2016 that won the Central Division. Yeah. And I, it was incredible. That was such fun hockey. It was nice that people were actually rooting for the Dallas Stars that year in the playoffs. Like, because the NHL is a very copycat league. Yeah, and that's why defense. The reason why defense is so centric right now, and you can't win without defense, is because of those Blackhawks dynasties. Yeah, uh, that 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 won every other year in yeah. the two thousand in the twenty tens. You yeah. know, so if, if that dynasty was based on defense first, then the rest of the league is going to be defense first. But yeah. then whenever the stars came out of nowhere and just kept scoring and didn't ever play defense, there were a lot of people that were like. This is what the league needs to turn into. Yeah. So everyone was going, please beat St. Louis. Please beat St. Louis. And then they didn't. And so then here we are. So so it was. it's funny that everything, if you look back on it all, like let's say back whenever um, uh, Jim Nill took over in 2012. First of all, yeah. the 2012 offseason, whenever Jim Nill got rid of everybody – that that kind of reminds me where the Rangers are right now. Like like obviously they didn't get rid of like Jamie Ben. Yeah. But that was really it. That was the only big star. Like they had Ian Cole, Alex Chase on, um Marty Turco. <laughs> no, they didn't have Marty Turco. <laughs> Marty Turco long gone. He was already in <laughs> Toronto by then. Um but yeah, I mean that's those are like that's how like they had like Vladimir Dvorak, uh I'm trying to think of who else that they had. Like it was just like it was it was the who's who of who, you know? Like it's just one of like who the fuck are these guys? And the only reason why I remember Alex Chase on is because I remember how sad my brother-in-law was whenever he was traded. Uh because he he was like Antoine Roussel before we had Roussel, you know? Like he was it went like Steve Ott and then Alex Chason kind of took over that role and it was just it, it like he really was a fan favorite. Yeah. But um if you look at it all, it's all kind of set up for this Rick bonus system that's that's now in place because it, it went offense first, then Kent Hitchcock, heavy defense. Montgomery comes in and kind of piggybacks off of Kent Hitchcock's style a little uh -huh. bit, kind of puts his own little stamp on it, is way more successful with this team than Kent Hitchcock was his second time around, yeah. not his first time. Oh, we, that's yeah, not yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he, yeah. he took Ken Hitchcock's defense first system and made it better. He can relate to the millennial players better than Ken Hitchcock could. Yeah. Ken Hitchcock was very much a 1990s style head coach. Yeah. So that's why Jim Montgomery did so well. But then whenever Rick Bonus comes in, he takes Jim Montgomery's defense first mentality and puts an offensive stamp on it, and it works. Yeah. Like, what, what it seems like is. Because your core pieces of this team have basically been here through all of that. Yes. Uh, well, not Sagan, yeah, Radulov, Sagan, Bishop. Well, Radulov hasn't been here. Yeah, for that Radulov's long. been here for a little bit now. 
Wow. I know he I know he was, he was there on, for Hitchcock, but I didn't think he was there for Lindy Ruff. <sighs> Fuck. I think he was. But anyway. So anyway. anyway. Anyway, Sagan, Ben, uh all, you know, a lot of the Klingberg, Klingberg, Lindell, Lindell yeah, yeah, all these guys. Yeah, yeah. All, all those guys. They've been they were there even since Lindy Ruff who is like, "Hey, you know, I'm going to not just you're gifted and you can score, but like my system, if you learn my system, this is a very offensive like forward mentality and you're going to always be on the lookout for scoring opportunities. You're always and you kind of you learn that mentality and if you uh I would say it's kind of like going from being coached by uh <clears throat> like Nick Saban, you know, and then going and stepping into uh going from Nick Saban and then going to like Bill Belichick where it's like two kind of similar uh mentalities as far as how they approach the game but different in that they are one's more aggressive than the other, right? Okay. Anyway, one's more offensive than the other one. So you learn this offensive system and you become an offensive player and that's where you get comfortable and then you throw the brakes on that and you go and you learn how to be a defensive per first player and now that's brought you to where you can be successful either way as a team because the, the core of this team has learned how to be offensive first and always be on the lookout for that next scoring opportunity. And then they've also learned how to be, let's score one and shut them down, you know, and be always, always, always looking for the defensive opportunity for the defensive stop. So now you've got a core group of guys that can literally do whatever the situation calls for. And you just bring in the coach who, you know, puts his offensive stamp on it on a defensive first team. And now it's a team that literally, <clears throat> excuse me, when they're playing well, and that's the thing, that's the fucking crazy part. We still haven't even seen the stars with their best players on the ice. No, because if you, if you go back, like Razor and Josh on that last game, that they, the, the game last night against Chicago, they were going down the list of just everyone yeah. who's out, and you're like, yeah. fuck. And you can see, like, especially because that Jamie Ben's first game back oh, yeah. was that game that they won six to three. Yeah, and he puts his like he he's the secondary assist on the on Joe Pavelski's first goal because yeah. once again Joe Pavelski's looking at his watch saying it's goal o'clock, and then he uh, then Joe Pavelski scores again on the power play with Klingberg. Like it's it's so crazy because whenever you watch this team on the power play, the reason why they're at forty percent right now, which is out of this world uh, is because Joe Pavelski wins the draw and you see Klingberg take it and he kind of does that thing where he's skating sideways with the puck on his stick across the blue line. It's and like a long toe drag. Yeah, as soon as you see him doing that, you're like, you see the goal. whole, You like, see the yeah. whole defense going that way. And then Klingberg throws it back, and Joe Pavelski. See, that's that. This is the reason why you bring in Joe Pavelski, and I think that the best thing that could have happened to Pavelski was Sagan's injury, because whenever Sagan was healthy, he would be the wing on that line with Ben and Sagan, because Jamie Ben and Joe Pavelski have a like they have a great uh, chemistry on the ice. Him and Radulov too. Uh, mm -hmm. Pavelski and Radulov have a great chemistry yeah. on the ice. 
But it's nice to see him back at his natural center position because now Joe Pavelski has always been master of the tip. Like, it's just he can just find any shot in the air, and now it's nice that him and Klingberg are on the same page because watching this power play, they win that draw. Klingberg does that, sh that shuffle across the blue line, throws it towards the net. Either Joe Pavelski tips it in or Radulov does an amazing tip in between his own legs oh, and yeah. scores. Uh, it's, like, it's just amazing. And the you most can... Radulov goal since the last most Radulov goal. Yeah, yeah, right. The one that went up and <laughs> the over. The one that rolled yeah, over uh -huh, his shoulder. Uh-huh. So Jamie Ben Jamie Ben also scores a goal. He scores the third goal for the Stars, assisted by Pavelski, because fucking why not? Um and then uh Oh, and then the last thing I do want to say about this game is I love that Joe Pavelski was on hat trick watch. Jamie Ben it, they uh Columbus has pulled their net. Mm -hmm. It's Jamie Ben, Radulov, and Pavelski. That line is out on the ice. Jamie Ben gets it along the boards near his bench, sees Pavelski standing at center ice, and Jamie Ben, being the captain that he is, throws it to Pavelski. He catches it, but Pavelski's back is to the net. Pavelski turns around and doesn't shoot, but sees that he's being covered by, or that someone is coming towards him from Columbus, passes it off to Radulov, and Radulov hits the empty net. Like that's like that is a leader right there. Like he, like of course Jamie Ben's the one that sees that, and he knows it's situational awareness that Jamie that no one has that other than Jamie Ben. Like like Jamie Ben can yeah throws it to Pavelski thinking that he's gonna get that hat trick goal, but and Pavelski didn't eat. It's not like he turned, looked at the net and went, eh, I guess not. Nope, he turned and instantly saw that Radulov was wide open, just passed it right to him. Love it, love it, love it. What a great first game against Columbus that was. Yeah. And Jake Ottinger looked good too. The yeah, three the three the three goals that got by him, there was nothing he could do. Yeah. Those were those were ones where it was kind of like <sighs> the like you said, there was nothing he could do. The most of them were uh there was just a lot of trash in front of him and he couldn't really see around everybody and then by the time he got an angle where he could see the puck, it was by him. Well, and then there was one, I think, where, like, one of the Columbus forwards, I can't remember which goal it was, but one of the Columbus forwards, like, batted it out of the, like, it, like Jake Ottinger, like, made the save, and it, oh, yeah. it, it was floating towards the ice, yeah. and one of the Columbus guys just swung at it and hit it, and it's yeah, just, like, just bunted it. What can you do? What yeah. can you do? Nothing. So, and then, in typical Dallas Stars fashion, yeah. I think that in that next game against Columbus, I, I think that, I thought that that was a better game even though they lost. And I think that the reason why they lost is because, and we'll find out later, uh, that something was going on with Hudobin. Like, if you listen to that press conference that Hudobin had after the 4-3 loss to Columbus, like, it, it's one of those things where, like, you could hear it in his voice. Like, he just seemed deflated and just zero passion for what was going on. Like, not passion, but he, you could tell that he seemed distracted. He seemed somewhere else. He he was not there and but you could hear it in his voice that he was very upset with himself. Yeah. And uh it, the reason why I would say that this game was the better game is because not only did the Stars give up the first goal, they but they the also two. gave up the second goal too yeah. and they were down 2 nothing. Then Hence comes out scores a goal on the power play because on oh, the Power play. It's so funny. My my brother in law has my nephews trained 
to say that because at the American Airlines Center, it's like, I start it, you finish. Powered by TXU Energy, the Dallas Stars are on. The. And then the crowd says power play. Well, my nephews all say the power play part whenever my brother-in-law says the TXU energy part. He goes, on, the, and my, my two nephews are like, power play. It's just, it's so, it's so cute. <laughs> Your two nephews? Yeah, well, the other one can't talk. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you've got three. It'd but. be amazing <laughs> if that third one could talk. I'm sure he's talking now, but, but on January 1st, 2020, whenever I saw it for the Winter Classic, it was just so, I wasn't ready for it, and he just surprised oh. me with it, and it was funny. Uh, um, but then Rope Hint scores, and then fucking Patrick Line. Hate Patrick Line so uh, much. He, no one in the NHL over the last five years has more points against one team than Patrick Line does against the Stars, and it's just so frustrating. Because <laughs> do you think time, Columbus went and got him specifically because of that? I wouldn't, dude. It would not surprise. Like it seriously would not surprise me because I think that that's one thing that Patrick Line wanted. He goes, if you're gonna trade me somewhere, trade me somewhere in the Central, because <laughs> I like I, it, that's not a thing where he's like where he hates Dallas and he always wants to stick it to him. But he probably. But if you is, like, it's noticed, like, Elvis, like I just kind of always. It's like Elvis against Cleveland. You know, Elvis Andrews against the Cleveland, whatever their name are gonna, is going to be going forward. But Elvis was always an Indian killer. You know, like it's just. Yeah. It's the same thing with Patrick Laine. So I bet you anything he was like, if you're going to trade, try and go get Pierre-Luc Dubois because I would love to go to Columbus. Cause and it was so funny whenever they uh, whenever they scored those two goals to go up two nothing. I said to myself, I went, they've got to score four goals to win. You know, Patrick Line is going to score. Like every time I view, every time they played Winnipeg, I would always assume that they were going to be down one nothing. Because Patrick Line was always going to get a goal. Yeah, always. Yeah, and it's just so frustrating that he gets another one, and his wasn't the game winning goal. But his one goal that he always gets was the difference. Yeah. And it's just so frustrating. But this team did a great job at fighting back. Yeah. They kept they kept pushing and kept pushing. Jason Dickinson comes and scores and makes it 3-2. Uh, but then in the third period, it was just too little too late. Yeah. Jamie Benn mm-hmm. does come and get a goal, and that's two goals in the two games since he's been back. Yeah, and so it's just it's just been it's 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 very refreshing to see Jamie Ben do Jamie Ben Jamie things. Ben things. It's it's like hey, it's nice to have you back. Yes, because for a oh, few, captain, my captain, a few years. Oh, dude, how good was Dead Poet Society? Ah, uh, the end. Tears. Tears. So, I think that the problem it did it again. Did you hear that? Mm-mm. Oh, you didn't hear that. My throat did that noise again. Um, I think that this loss was on Anton Hudobin. I like he is starting to get a little leaky, uh, especially these last few games that they've played. Yeah, uh, or that he has played, he's starting yeah. to look a little shaky, and I don't know what's going on. But as we found out, there's something going on behind the scenes, and it came out. So he was suspended for that game against Chicago, and and the reports are coming out today on the on February eighth. Saying that he was late. That to he was late. Practice. There's no way, no way that was it. I mean, there's I could no s- way that that's all that because Rick could, Bonus was, he wasn't just like, yeah, he's just going to be missing a game. We're not going to focus on Anton Hudobin right now. We're fo- focusing on the team that's going to be on the ice. No, Rick Bonus was livid 
at Anton Hudobin for something. I didn't see bonus. I didn't see he any wasn't of the like, interviews or anything, but like he wasn't like red face, but he was really t- diving into but, it and talking about how we deal with things in house and we deal with things by communications. And I don't have many rules, but you damn well better follow all of them and stuff like that. Like it takes a lot to get bonus that pissed. Yeah, but okay, so the reason why I'm I could potentially buy it being that he was. I, uh, we don't know how late. Like to me, oh, he was really late. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he like, was if, very. If he's late. like an hour late, that's that to me would get me that pissed. Especially if I if I have the view of my team where I don't have many rules, but I expect you to follow them all. Like I'm I'm looking at it. If I'm Rick Bonus, I'm like, okay, I'm giving you more freedom than a lot of other coaches do. And if your response is to show up an hour late to practice, I'm going to be fucking pissed. I'm going to be very angry. Yeah. Because you don't have many rules to follow. Yeah. So, I mean, so I could see it being that he was really late to practice. I, I could, I like it would. Okay. Let me, let me, let me phrase it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if I heard that that was the only reason because Rick Bonus, he's very old school. Yeah. Uh, been coaching since the 70s, you right, know, and right, has yeah. been playing even longer. So he 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 grew up with the whole old school mentality and all that stuff. And I I could I could buy that. Yeah. I just think there's more that they're not that they're not saying. I think there's something going on with Dobby that that yes, led to him being that late. Yes, I think so too. That's what I think. And that's the communication part that I think that he's talking about yeah. because I think that there was something that happened off the ice, yeah. that's and that's why I was saying that you could hear it in Dobby's voice after that four three loss. Yeah, you could yeah. hear it. He wasn't there, and he was upset about something. And then he shows up late to pra- very late to practice. Like he skates on the ice as practice was ending. Oh shit! Like it it was that late. So there's something going on, and Rick Bonus was mad that the communication wasn't there. The communication process wasn't so there. So it's more that's like, got to be what it was. More like. Like, dude, of course there are going to be exceptions to the rules, but if you don't communicate it, then those rules absolutely apply to you. You know, if if there is an extenuating circumstance and you need to not be here, don't be here, but fucking tell me. Yeah, that's, that's, see, I can buy that too. Yeah. I just don't know, whenever, with, with, I just, I just want to know. Not want to know, but I just assume that whatever is going on behind the scenes, the stars have proven that they do a great job of keeping that shit behind the scenes. Look at what happened with Montgomery and how long it took for... And Montgomery had to be the one that had to disclose why he was fired. And so yeah. the stars are just a top-notch yeah. organization, you know, top... Cl- like, like the classiest of the classy. And so there's got to be more mm-hmm. to the story. We'll never know what it is, but I just I just think it's more than just that he was late. Yeah. There's there's more to it that we'll never know. Probably. Probably. I so, think I, yeah, I think I think it was not just that he was late, but I think the more to the story is the why he was late. Yeah. And and and, and we'll probably never know. And it's neither here nor there because yeah. now things are back to normal. Like that that is what the reports are saying. It's Dobby yeah. says that things are back to normal. They sat down, they had their own little festivist moment and aired their grievances, yeah. and I think that things are... Dobby pinned him, and so... Yeah, right. It's over. Until you pin me, George. Festivus <laughs> is not over. 
So that paved the way, I think, for a game. I know that I text you and I said how embarrassing this loss to Chicago was. And did you, you finally watch it? I did watch it. Yes, I did watch it. Subban was playing out of his fucking mind. And it's so, the one, that toe save that you were talking about that he had on Garyanov, it's one of those things that if he were wearing regular shoes, that's a goal. But yeah. because there's like another little two inches of skate blade, yeah. that's the save that was yeah. made there. You know, yeah. it was like, so you're, close. You're, you, weren't, you weren't watching and you were telling me, you know, this is, good, this is embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're not watching this game, dude. Like, well, you see, like, it, it, Subban, Subban, I... There were still moments. There, there were, were still s- moments that they had the opportunities, but for the most part... Subban was really, really, really good that game. See, I think that I think that Subban had a good game. I wouldn't go as so far to say that he had a great game. Here's what I think happened: is I think that he first of all was well rested. I did not realize that this was only his third start of the year. Yeah. So he was. He is a very well rested goaltender, ready to go, getting ready for the first night of a back to back against a team that can put up huge numbers against you so i think whoever the head coach is for chicago now i can't remember i can't remember his name but i think he saw this and went look we can't throw our rookie goaltender to the wolves who has been very good for chicago i think chicago is going to be a better team than i i even gave him credit this year it would not surprise me if chicago made the playoffs because if you watch that first period like my goodness their four checking game was just like the stars had no answer for it, and that's that's another thing that I, I I saw how the game got started where it was like seven to one shots, and I'm sitting there going they're starting slow. Once the stars found their footing, like they really did a good job. Both teams this game played well, and both deserved a point. Yeah, I really do think I really do think that, and I see that, and I, it it was just it, it was just one of those things that. That first goal that was given up, it was just a perfectly executed power play, and it, it, there, I like you can look at it and see that the backside help wasn't there, and that that left Jake Ottinger hanging high and dry. So the the PK still could have been better, which is a concern because the power, the penalty kill is starting to get a, get get a little leaky now. It's like they went from being a top team. Now they're like now they're the they're like fifteenth or sixteenth in the league. Yeah. So it's like the the PK is starting to. So that <clears throat> is cause for concern a little bit. So look for look for Rick Bonus to really hit that hard in practice, coming soon. Yeah, and then maybe uh, even shake up the PK line a little bit. Well, and see that's the other thing too that I think that is kind of messing with the stars is because nine games so far this season, nine different lineups. Nothing has been the same, and it's hard for people. And I really, you know, who they missed the most was Radulov. Yeah, Radulov was is one of those like I think that that kind of game that they played is right up Radulov's alley. I yeah. think that he can come in and you're gonna punch him in the mouth, and he's just gonna smile and punch you back harder. Yes. And then, did you see? Speaking of punches, did you see? Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> but speaking of almost thrown punches, did you see Yanmark Lind- Lindell just? Oh, Lindell levels Yanmark. Destroyed him. He gets up and starts getting in his face. But the crazy thing is, is that he gets in fucking Alexiak's face too. 
What? Janmark got into, like, he got up and got into to Jamie Alexiak's face, and Jamie Alexiak, it's right before, an uh, like, an offside face-off. So Jamie Alexiak skates back to his position and looks at him and just, like, furrows his brow and goes, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> tap him on the head. He looks like he belongs in, like, a Gumby show. Like, like Matthias Janmark just looks like he's made out of clay. You know, it's just... It's just I like I and it's weird. It is weird seeing him in a in a Blackhawks uniform. Like yeah. it, it is weird but to see it. But I think that, that I think hit, that, that hit from Lindell. Yeah. Like that dude. That seemed like it had like maybe Lindell and Yanmark never really got along. And that was like two. It or looks three like years. Yanmark and no one got along, like man. Two or three years of fuck that guy coming out. You yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and see it, what it made me think of is it was right after the Stars a few years ago traded Patrick Nemeth to um uh to colorado Mm -hmm. the very next game after the trade the stars played the avalanche and patrick nemeth and tyler sagan got into a fight they (laughs) dropped the gloves and got into a fight that next game so it kind of reminded me of that a little bit yeah yeah but see i think and i know that yanmark is having a good year right now in chicago Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And I think that he needed a change of, change scenery, of scenery, but yeah. I, I can just see him, I, like, after that high goes away, and of course playing with Patrick Kane, I yeah. can play with Patrick Kane, and I'm going to put up points too. But I just think that, I think that Yanmark is the new Mike Ribeiro. Hopefully his life does not go the same way that Ribeiro's did, because that, it, very tragic what happened to Mike Ribeiro, just substance abuse. But uh, he's still alive, but yeah. he's just no longer playing, and he could still be playing today if he just... I told him to stop that drunk driving, um, but uh, slap shot. Yeah, and um, so I can just kind of see him being that way. Uh, whenever, like, as his career keeps going, I think that no one's gonna know who Matthias Yanmark is except for Stars fans, and we're just gonna be yelling, "You're soft, Yanmark! You're soft!" Like whenever he comes, Gumby. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm telling you, I want to see, I want to see him claymated and see if he fits in with the Gumby universe. You know, <laughs> so it, it's. Uh, Another thing, the, uh, congratulations to Jason Robinson. Yeah. Getting his first goal. It, it yeah. makes me think of Goon because that's how uh, Sean William Scott gets his first goal is on the power play. And I know that it wasn't technically the power play, but it was like two seconds after the power play ended. Yeah. But uh, on the power play in Goon, Sean William Scott gets in front of the net and it, and it goes off of his ass and into the net. <laughs> and uh, his friend, I can never remember his name, Jay. Jay Baruchel. Yeah, Jay, yeah, whatever. He comes in and he's like, you scored your fucking ass scored you know it's just, it, like that's just i can see those jokes being thrown around in the locker room later on oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh, and yeah. then uh the 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 overtime goal that chicago scored like it was just it was dickinson's fault he didn't cover the back end uh jake ottinger was in the perfect position and he J- jake ottinger almost got over and stopped it like he yeah. he got over and f- and waved his glove and it was already in the net whenever it was yeah whenever yeah, he got it was there just passed him but but it, oh. so it wasn't like almost almost but you could uh, he was in a good position to get over yeah and be in a position to potentially make a save it just it was just you could not have no one except unless, maybe unless Wayne he had Gret- started moving before the shot had taken well, place. Well, but even still, the the tip in was just perfect. Like yeah. like he, the uh, brinket was right in front of the net. Like his, like Patrick Kane, perfect pass right on the edge of the crease. And it's it reminded me of uh, 
uh, Kiviranta's goal that he scored against... Um, Golden Knights? Yes, yes, against the Golden Knights, where he had it low near the icing line and just elevated it, and that is a hard shot to do. So it was just one of those things where it was a perfect storm. Dickinson didn't get the backside help, so if you wanted to kind of throw shade, it was Dickinson's fault, but mm-hmm. it, but still, it, it's they looked better than the final score showed and, yeah. I, and and that's strictly because i think chicago is going to be a better team than people were kind of leading on and that's going to be funny to see how patrick kane reacts to that yeah why well, you notice, if, if they make you the notice playoffs i haven't heard any complaints out of him yeah now. i mean well not not and that's just because patrick kane really is the he really is a professional mm-hmm. and that's why it was so weird to see him get his panties in a bunch about yeah. the rebuild, yeah, because he just doesn't do that. Right. So now that the, now that it's time to be on the ice, now it's time for Patrick Patrick Kane to turn it on, and I am going on record with saying that I really do think that Patrick Kane, whenever it's all said and done, is going to be the greatest American-born hockey player that has ever played this game. Strictly because I don't see him aging the same way that Mike Madonna did. Yeah, fair. As Mike Madonna got older, you could see his skill level just started to dwindle, as every other human does. But that's what makes Patrick Kane superhuman, is he just cannot stop. Yeah. he And he will not stop. And it's just fun to watch him. So, yeah. uh, Jay Gottinger looked great yeah. in that game. Like, this was his first game where he was truly tested. Can he keep his composure whenever they're not scoring seven goals on the other end? Yeah, and he did. He looked yeah. great. There was a there was a power play that Chicago had, number two power play in the league, by the way. Um, there was a power play that Chicago had where the the puck was in front of Ottinger the whole time, and they they just the the Blackhawks just kept throwing it on net, and, and he, he just was, kept stopping, made him. the save, and it fell in front of him, and he he didn't panic. He didn't try and reach to grab it or anything. He knew it was out. Jake Ottinger knew it was out of his reach, so he stood in the, stayed in his position, and just made save after save and just kept his cool. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah, you can see Ben Bishop's style, uh-huh. and you can see Anton Hudobin's style. Yeah, a little in bit, Jake Ottinger, a little bit of both. Because he, kind of... there was a time where the puck was kind of rolling in on him, and 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 uh, and someone from Chicago was coming in to kind of chip it above him and jake ottinger throws his stick and gets it with his blocker hand and i'm like that's davi yeah that's got davi written (laughs) all over it so i do think that i think that if it came down to it and they looked at ottinger and was like this is your crease they're not going to but if they did i think he'd be ready i think he's ready now yeah so just think of where he's going to be in two years yeah it's going to be great yeah it's going to be great there was one moment that uh that will make his not highlight reel. What's the opposite of highlights? Low light. Low light, I guess. There was a time where he was going back behind the net to oh, and play. He just and he fucking fell. And he fell. Just <laughs> ate shit. He didn't even, it's not like he slipped. It's like both of his feet were like, mm, fuck this shit. Like, and he, well, and see, this is what, the, like, you see that and you, like, your heart skips a beat a little bit whenever that happens. It reminded me of uh, D2 Mighty Ducks where Goldberg falls and he's like crawling, like, ah! Well, and see, but with Goldberg. Didn't they? They ended up scoring a goal there, didn't they? I yeah. saw anyway. But but what happened is, is whenever he fell, Jake Ottinger knew where the puck was going. So what Jake Ottinger did was, is he just flattened himself against the boards. Yeah. And the puck just went and got lost in his pads. Yeah. That's one of those things where you look at it, and in that moment, if it were me, and I was 
20 and I would have fallen, I would have probably just been like, oh shit, like everyone just saw, and then the puck would just probably have gone all the way around and they would have probably scored or something, you know? But he knew in that moment, it's like, well, I just embarrassed myself. Let's not make it worse. And he he kept his cool again. And so it was great. But I did laugh whenever he fell, even though it was in such a pivotal moment in the game. You just couldn't help but laugh. So, yeah. But, but yeah, this was his first game where he had above a 900 save percentage, and it was 943. So, Mm -hmm. good on him. And Malcolm Subban. I would not say that he outperformed him because there were moments where I think that the Stars did not take advantage of a mistake that a less than mediocre goaltender like like Malcolm Subban, you saw the mistakes that he made, but the Stars just didn't take advantage of it that a really good goaltender would uh would not have made those mistakes. And so that's like there there are several instances that's- I just I don't that's fair, but yeah. what, what I'm saying, Malcolm Subban was playing out of his mind. I'm saying the saves that he was he making a make. lot of saves yes. that he doesn't normally make. Yeah, yeah, and, and <clears throat> but see, then the thing was is that he just was giving up just big old juicy rebounds, very anti Niemi style rebounds, you know, and the. And just to prove the point, the goal that Jason Robinson scored was a rebound off of his glove. You know, like like it went the the shot came in went off Malcolm Subban's glove because he couldn't. He couldn't close the glove around the puck, and it goes off Robinson's ass and into the net. If that it, that goal that Jet Robinson scored reminded me, and uh, Razor brought this up, but it was very reminiscent of Denis Gurionov's first NHL goal because his yeah. did go off of his ass. Yeah, Jason Robinson's, you can kind of maybe say it went off of his hip. No, Gurionov's went off of his ass and into the net. So <laughs> if Jason Robinson even has half of a rookie season like uh Garyanov did I'm okay with that so here's hoping that's some good foreshadowing for the future yeah yeah do you uh do you have anything else for the stars I do have my razorism of the week well uh you said we'd get there and then we didn't what's that oh the fight yeah oh Jamie oh Jamie Ben feeding Zadorov a fucking hammer dude well several couple several hammers and it's it's so great that he it's so great that he did that in defense the, the, of, the, of uh, in defense of Ty Delandria, you yeah. know it's just, yeah, and which, that, I wanted to ask you because the announcers kept saying, "Oh, he gave him a hairy eyeball." I don't know what that means. I have no idea either. They, multiple times they were like, "They did." I didn't yeah, hear that. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, multiple times. They oh no, like, I didn't yeah, hear it. Maybe him because a hairy eyeball. Maybe if like, you get like mm. maybe if you get hair in your eye, you kind of go like this, and you're like ah, like you blink your eye and it closes, and you're like, man, I got to get this out. Maybe if it's like not one hair, but many hairs, then that's what causes your eye to swell shut. I don't know. Maybe that's what maybe that's what they mean. I don't know. I've never heard that before. I, I didn't know. even hear him say that either. Oh, well, yeah. I do love Razor's reaction to really good fights. Oh, cuz every dude. every punch oh! yes, and he does oh! it he does it every time. <laughs> every single good fight. Like you should go back and watch Jamie Oleksiak's fight on um uh, Delasor on uh, whenever he played for Buffalo. Uh, no, not Delasor. Delorier. That's what it is. Go back and watch that fight, and just Alexiak just grabs him and just starts punching him in the back of the head over and over and over and over. And Razor just goes, oh, 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 
<laughs> like it's just it's so funny to hear his reaction. I just I love Razor so oh, much. But yes, yeah. Jamie Ben. I don't know. Good. I him, don't man. know how Zadorov was still standing after that first one. Well, if you watch, like Jamie Ben didn't really connect with his fist. He kind of hit him with his wrist. Like whenever he was coming across, it kind of it hit him like it hit him. Like that. Like I know that I'm 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 acting this out for you. This is yeah. not good podcasting, but well, like instead of hitting him flesh with his knuckles, he kind of grazed him with his wrist. Is what it was. And you could see on his chin, I know I'm yeah. hitting up here by my eyes, it was down by his chin, but you can see where he caught him on his chin, where the where like it was like a a raspberry or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, now I'm not even I think you're talking about the one where he was already bent down. I'm talking about the one that bent him down. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, like, yeah. It, it literally looked like he didn't fall down because Jamie Ben was like, "No, I'm not. Fu- I'm not done fucking you up yet," and kept him up. Yeah. So, and and the great thing, and you never see this either, but it was awesome that their five minute majors expired on a dead puck. Yeah. So whenever Jamie Ben comes out of the penalty box, everyone was able to give him another stick tap. Oh, nice. Yeah, like it was it was awesome because usually it's just like a normal penalty. If it's playing and it goes down to zero, you come out of the penalty box and you just keep playing. But it was on an offsides or a puck that went into the bench or something, and whenever it was done, both guys skated out of the box and everyone was able to kind of give. And you heard the crowd too, like erupt and give Jamie Ben a and that's just that's your fucking captain right there. You know, every single game since Jamie Ben has been back. Yes. He has made a difference somehow, some way. And that's, you could argue that that was the turning point in the game because, and Jamie Ben, sometimes Jamie Ben is that guy where if he sees that his team needs a spark, he'll go up to someone and be like, let's fucking do this. Yeah. And just get into a fight just because. You don't want to see your captain do that because then you're, you're All the down, you're, you're down your captain for five minutes in a, in a mm-hmm. game. But sometimes it needs to be done. That wasn't what this was. No. That was Jamie Ben because Delandria got a good hit on him. Yeah, is what happened, and he he took exception to it and gotten gotten Delandria's face, and Jamie Ben went, Mm-mm, not my rookie, yeah. no way, yeah. especially not the guy that I called his name, right? You know, Dude, like that's, I that's called his thing. name. They talked about that. They're like, you know, Ty Delandria got drafted in this building. The guy who called his name, the guy who just went and fought for him. Yep, like, I know. And oh, see, that's that's, that's cool. one of those moments where Jamie Ben knows, and that's yeah. what makes hockey so beautiful. Yeah, you don't get that anywhere else. You don't get that in any other sport. You don't, and that's why anyone who's ever saying fighting is brutal, it needs to come out of hockey. Mm-mm. Nope, I am all for player safety, but fighting is a part of the strategy of hockey. And that's it what, just is. That's what Jamie's, Jamie Ben said in the post game. They asked him about it, and literally all that he said was, like, hiding, uh, fighting is part of hockey. It always will be. Yes, it will. And you can't. Like, there's no way. The Players Association will never allow that rule to be passed because the players will always want fighting to happen. No. So, when, uh, it, it was just... It, it, the week could have gone better. You'd rather them not go one and two. Well, one, one, and one. But still, it's the games that they played, even the ones that they lost, they looked great. Yeah. I, like I said, I think that they looked better in the two losses. If you go back and listen to that, the, to Rick Bonus after the Columbus loss, he said that he thought his team deserved the point. Yeah. Yeah. And Rick Bonus isn't just going to say that just to say it. No. So. No, no. So, wow. my razorism of the week. Yeah, it was during the Chicago game, and it was the it was it was a face off in the star zone to Ottinger's left, 
and the ref drops it. The play kind of goes on for a little bit, but the ref tries to blow his whistle and missed his whistle or something, so everyone's just kind of like this. Blows the whistle dead and says that they have to redo the face-off. So they're skating back, and they're talking about Jake Ottinger, <laughs> and Razor goes, man, you gotta be on your toes like a dwarf at a urinal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, Razor. Oh, man. What a sad day it's going to be whenever he decides to leave the booth. But it's not going to be for a while, man, because he loves his job. So I, lo- I love oh, Razor. Man. And oh, uh, that's that's my Razorism of the week. That's fantastic. So good. Fan. Fantastic. So, I thought I, I oh I, I go ahead. I'm I'm looking for something. Oh funny. no, it's fine. So they've got they've got Chicago tomorrow, two games against Carolina, which they have not looked impressive as of late. So I'm thinking that maybe they can get some they can get some wins here. And then then they've uh so that's the those are the three games that they've got this week. I think that this could if they continue this trend, they'll play better in the game tomorrow night against Chicago, they should get that win, and I'd like to see them at least get, I would like to see them get five points this week at the very least. Obviously, you want to get the full six, but with how bad Columbus, with how bad Carolina has looked since Mrazek has gone down, I just see them, I see the Stars taking advantage of that, so here's hoping, but that's, Mm -hmm. those are the games slated for this week. And that's, that's all, that's all I've got, seriously, that's, that's it. I was. I texted you about a razorism, and I was. Did you? To, I didn't. I didn't get anything. Trying to find it. I'm pretty sure I did. Pretty sure I did. Bump, 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 bump. Anyway, I mean. Yeah, I dude, we text too much. Like, if it, if <laughs> if if you don't take a screenshot of it or whatever, it's gonna get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. Just wow, wow. just write it down next time. Well, you know, yeah. Yeah. You want to move on? Yes. All right. What are we moving on to? The Rangers? The... Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So, just to kind of go down the list of things, uh, I saw that... uh, They brought Delino to Shields back. They brought Delino to Shields back, which is an interesting move. Yeah. But... I think could be a. Th- I don't see anything wrong with it. No, no. It's just it was one of those things where you, it was kind of like whenever the stars brought back Julius Honka, you were like, really? All right, cool. You know, like I like, I don't see anything wrong with it. Like, it, it, the the risk does not outweigh the reward, or yeah, it doesn't outweigh the reward here. Um, I know that uh, the Brewers are interested in Chew. To play first base. Okay. Weird, right? Uh, and let's let's just say this: they've got Chris Davis now. Yeah. Which I know not a lot of people are happy about this, but I don't see anything wrong with that move so much because baseball wise. Yeah, that's what no. I mean. Baseball wise, like if you want to just like. Of just, course, just baseball wise, no. Because I mean, well, I mean, 
like you could just see him just being a full-time dh i don't i don't i don't i don't see him taking a whole lot of time away from people that are going to be in the outfield unless someone needs like a day to like a day off or something like that but i i I just don't see him coming in here and competing for a job if he is then things have gone terribly wrong it's kind of like in los angeles whenever jonathan quick is still their starting goalie and you're just like, ugh, like we should have moved on from here. Like, like why are you still in net? Like, it's if Chris Davis is coming in and playing outfield for the Rangers consistently, I would view that as something has gone terribly wrong. Not that Chris Davis is just having an excellent year. Yeah. <laughs> you held that second one back. Just I heard the first one. I swear <laughs> I did. You didn't have to give me that smirk, but you, you held that second one until there was a pause, and then you had to front. <laughs> Uh. Anyway, that's that was that fart was uh my take on all of that. Uh, you don't think so? Uh I th- I think that with the the Rangers situation being the way that it is right now, um uh, I think that Chris Davis is going to get solid playtime in the outfield and I I can see him doing a lot as a DH, but I think he's going to play most I won't say most, but I I think he will get a fair amount of playtime in the outfield. And that's just the way that that I see it rolling out. Not that he's I mean, he's never been uh an amazing outfielder, but he's never been like a liability out there, you know? So No, yeah, I know. I mean, there, there's just a there's the, there's a reason why Oakland held on to him for so long. It's just because he's constantly producing and I get yeah. that. It's just yeah, I mean, and you think about it, like he held on to him for so long. He's what thirty three, so it's not like he's spring chicken, but he's not, you know, he's not knocking on death's door, you know. Oh yeah, I'm not trying to say that he is. No, I know. I'm just thinking with the way with the way that this team wants to go. It just seems like it's unusual if someone like Chris Davis comes in and gets consistent outfield time. Well, yeah, yeah. That's that's just why I see it. The only reason, I, like, that's that. I'm not looking at this as like a baseball numbers thing saying that his numbers are dwindling. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that this team has committed to being younger next year. And if you're allowing Chris Davis to come in and constantly get those, get, get the starts away from someone who could potentially be, or that should be getting those starts. I I just think that that's going against what you promised. Yeah. That's, that's the only reason why I see that. And I just think that he's just there to just kind of be like, a reliever for uh, Joey Gallo or um, Dahl, yeah. David Dahl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know uh, who's the center fielder. Uh, I don't think they have a solid center fielder. Yeah, so, so maybe that, maybe that. Yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe they yeah. they they don't need infielders. They need outfielders, so they traded to get one. Yeah, it's. I mean, this is all just strictly business. I know, but uh, if we're gonna get into it, yeah, let's go ahead. Because I mean, I I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm happy about it. I'm just saying all this is is just business. But with someone like Elvis, he's kind of transcended. Yes. The business. And side we of said this. we said this when Kiner Falefa officially got the shortstop position. We said Elvis has transcended to where with with him. It is no longer just about business. It's about the type of person that he is and the type of player and teammate that he's going to be in the clubhouse. And moving on from him, it just doesn't sit right. 
it doesn't sit right. And I know that that's probably like a lot of recency bias. Not, I wouldn't even say recency bias, but that's probably, you know, there's probably a lot of bias. But like, dude, the dude, you, you just don't see people coming in and starting at the same position for the same team for 12 years. You don't see it happen. And when you do see it happen, you like I feel like everybody involved wants them to finish there. You know? Yeah, uh, first in steals, 305. Uh, second in games played at 1,652. Third in runs scored at 839. And then... He's- yeah, he's in the top five of like every well, not every third, not home third runs. hits at at one thousand seven hundred and forty three. So not not home runs and RBI, but he's he's the or RBIs. He's in the top uh, five of just about every statistic as a Ranger. You know that, that he that he was here to do. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. He he wasn't here to hit home runs. He I know. Was here yeah. to, no, 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 no. I know. I know. You know that. I'm just. I'm just saying. Like it. He he did his job for twelve years. Yeah, twelve years, seventy three home runs. That's mm, yeah. yeah he that's wasn't not here. Why, that's yeah, not why you bring him here. Though. I know, but yeah. but he, he's, he's not Nelson Cruz, right? So it, moving on from not just not just who the player is, but the fact that he was the last player on those back to back World Series appearance teams on the roster. The fact that like. We even talked about this is basically what happened with Michael Young and Ian Kinsler and, you know, these the middle infielders. It just it seems like it's just wash, rinse, repeat. Yes, it's it's Chris Young calling this shot, I guess. But it just really this one feels like it's got John Daniels fingerprints on it. And these are the type of moves that make me understand why people hate John Daniels so much. See, here's the thing, though. Everything that you're saying right now, it has zero baseball argument. To oh, it. I it's know. All, oh, and I, if you if you I want know. to if you want to get technical, here were his numbers last year: one ninety four, two fifty two, three thirty. I'm with fully, three home runs, three I, stolen bases over twenty nine games played. I know, I know. I'm not saying you know. Oh, Elvis Andrews is like gonna be an all star again. <laughs> anyway, uh, and Davis, Dave, uh, Chris Davis is just two seasons ago. He led the he led the MLB in home runs with yeah. 48. Yeah. So it sounds like that Chris Davis is going to come in here. And once again, I'm not. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Here I know. Is all I'm doing. But it sounds like that Elvis was already on his way out. He there was nothing he was really going to do that was going to make this team better. But it looks like baseball speaking. Because Elvis, over the last few years, has gotten has, his his numbers keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Chris Davis, his numbers continue to be impressive, somewhat. Mm-hmm. So I'm I, like at, like just from a baseball side of things, this is just purely because I mean, you can't compare this completely to Dirk because at least Dirk brought a championship, right? So Dirk has. I'd Dirk say it's more comparable to to Jamie Ben. Yeah, I would probably say that. Like, if Jamie Ben got traded, I would probably be feeling the same way. But even, it, even if he had two dear, two two down years in a row, I mean, and he did, he did. For all we know, mm-hmm. if they would have given up on Jamie Ben, then they wouldn't be getting the production out of him now. Right. So it's it's all just one of those things where you have to look at it and say it's it's all speculation. But what the numbers that we have seen from the past is that 
Elvis has not been helping the team, and Chris Davis might. And if you look at that, and, and I don't even think that this is one of those things where it's like, I view this as the Patrick Sharp trade from, uh, that the Stars made. It was not the Patrick Sharp trade. It was the Stephen Johns trade, which we I, I have said several times on this podcast. Yeah. But they're not just getting Chris Davis. Yeah. They're also getting two prospects, uh, a catcher and a right-handed pitcher. Yeah, catcher is, uh, what, Johnny Heim? Uh, Joe... Jonah, 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 J O Jonah Heim, J J O N A H Heim, and right-handed pitcher Dane Acker, and they're both they're both prospects. There's not a whole lot of information about them, but I'm willing to bet that that's what this trade was for. Because oh yeah, I mean, but the I agree. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's yeah. I understand what you're saying. However, however, however. You can't say that Elvis didn't make the team better because we don't know. Baseball. I mean, clearly every he sport. didn't make the team better At, last year. No, they were no. Listen, less listen. I mean, I mean, Terrell Owens made your team better no, on the field, but he fucking took a shit in the locker room. You know. I know. I'm not trying to. Bryce don't Harper get, don't get makes your team better on the field, but. Clearly, getting rid of him is a key to winning a World Series. Don't get mad at me. Here. I know. I'm just saying. I know. I'm just. I'm just saying. You can't. <laughs> you can't actually, with any accuracy, say for sure that Elvis Andrews wasn't making the team better. It's just his on the field production might not have been living up to what he was, who he was in the locker room and the presence that he had. And that, to me, mm-hmm. didn't. You didn't need to be a baseball player to see that. You didn't need to. Like this was his team. This was his team. Well, and see, but maybe Chris Wilson looks at that and says, this is not... Chris Young. I do that every time. Maybe Chris Young looked at this and said, sorry, this is not your team anymore. That we are moving on from it literally now. We're we're not just blowing smoke. We are showing that we are now no longer that team anymore. We need to be looking towards the future. This is is not your team anymore. It's kind of like the opposite of Kinsler. You yeah. know, it, it's it's like we need you this to be your team. I don't want it to be my team. All right, we'll go get someone else then. Elvis is like, I want it to be my team. Sorry, it's yeah. not your team anymore. Yeah, I mean, I I understand that, but I disagree with that being a good mentality. Okay, I've worded that weirdly. I understand the thought process, but I disagree that it is uh, the right decision. So the, these guys that spend their entire careers in an organization, they, they, those guys are hard to find, period. Not only just was he good enough to start for your team for 12 years, yes, but... He stuck around for 12 years. So he chose this team for 12 years. Coming in and saying, nah, sorry, not your team anymore. Fuck off. I don't like it. I know. I'm just saying. I, I, what I think is the biggest problem here was his contract. I think that was the biggest thing. I think that the, it wasn't that they wanted to really get rid of. See, this is now no longer me playing devil's advocate. This is This is really what I think. Yeah. Is I think that his contract is too big. And they, they needed to dump it. Yeah. And they have. That's all it was. This is one of those things where you look at it and say, this isn't personal, man. We love you. You earned your contract. We're And we're not going to sit here and try and take away the money that you have earned. But we can't 
pay it anymore. Not for the production that we've been getting from you on the field. Yeah. And now it's it, we have to move on to someone else. We've all like we don't need this drama hanging over. Like it, let's say that Kiner Falefa starts to shit the bed at shortstop. Like, at what point do the rumors start flying and saying, well, when are we going to go back to Elvis? When are we going to go back to Elvis? And they don't want to put that in Kiner Falefa's head. They want Kiner Falefa to know that this is now your spot. You are our shortstop. And if you have several bad games in a row, don't let it get to you because we believe in you that much. Shake it off. Move on. Yeah. I mean, I I understand that. I understand that. But at the same time, like... I know. They're, they're, it, this is just. This is one of those things. This is the worst part of sports. This. This right here, losing in championships is awful. Like if your team makes it to the finals in whatever sport and they lose, it is just a gut punch. Mm-hmm. But that feeling doesn't compare at all to what it's like whenever a fan favorite gets traded or retires. Not just a fan favorite, but like a fan favorite for over a yeah, decade. Yeah, I know. I know, and it sucks. It really does. But at the same time, like it, this was one of those things where it was just, I, it just, it just, it, to me, like I saw that and I really was taken aback by it. I was just like, whoa, yeah, like no way in hell did I see this coming. But as it kind of marinated, I just kind of went, all right, this is this is this is where this team is going. This is the message that they want to send, whether they whether they knew it or not. They were sending a message to this Rangers team that it's time to move forward. No more living in the past. 2010, 2011, they were great. We will remember it always. But that is no longer us anymore. We are a different Rangers team, and it's time that you young guys understood that. Yeah. I mean, I agree. But I, this is the worst part of sports. It is. I, I agree, but that doesn't mean I have to be happy about it. I'm not, ha- I, 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 I I'm not happy about I it either. I wouldn't personally make this call, period. Well, and see, that's why we're sitting here talking about it on a podcast. And No, I've definitely they're, they're, I've turned down that job before. They're, they're so pulling the triggers. I'm choosing this over that. But <laughs> I hope that this doesn't... This, you are right. This does, this does clearly have... like This screams John Daniels. But I hope that that's not the case. I hope that this is still yeah. Chris Chris Young. Young's. I don't know why I gap that. Uh, Chris Young's. Excuse me. I hope that this was Chris Young's call. I really do because if it's one of those things where John Daniels is still pulling the strings, then it's like, then why are you even here, bud? Yeah. Why are you even here if, if John Daniels is still going to be making these moves? That's that's my biggest question. Like, who who was the one that ended up doing it? It's. You know, the timing of everything with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa being announced as the shortstop moving forward, it kind of makes me feel like this deal was in motion before the Chris Young hire, and it took a while for Oakland to convince the new GM. So John Daniels maybe was like, all right, I have this deal working. I'm going to take my hands out of the pie on this one. And let you figure out if you want to make this. But we are already moving on from Elvis at shortstop. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's speculation. I do have some numbers here on the prospects. If you if you want to talk about them real quick, uh, 
Haim is the ninth best prospect in the A's system, according to MLB Pipeline. He's 25, and he made his MLB debut this year. And over 13 games, he hit 211, ha, 268, and 211. So not exactly impressive. Uh, but his numbers are still technically, except for his slugging percentage is the third one. Yeah. His slugging percentage was the other one that wasn't very good, but he played in less games than Elvis did. Yeah. Uh, Acker is 21. Uh, he hasn't made his professional debut. Real quick, I want to point out about Heim that uh, he shares the name with the best uh-huh. barbecue place in the country. I fuck it, the best in the country. I don't even care at me. Mm-mm. Email us argue i don't give a shit get your ass down to heim in fort worth or on the river or they just opened in dallas go try it before you email me saying cooper's it's 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 good i still think that the i still think austin has the best barbecue in texas well okay okay i haven't it's the best i haven't actually i haven't actually been to franklin's oh you haven't oh man so i haven't been to franklin's so with that caveat in mind, I am saying it's the best in the country, but it's probably because I haven't had Franklin's. I will go as far to say it is the best in the Metroplex. But what I will say is that you're gonna, you've started, if you pay attention to barbecue, you've started seeing across the country uh, a little thing called bacon burnt ends, and Heim Barbecue fucking invented those. I'm not even exaggerating. Rugi eats for free. They invented those. So, you're welcome. You're welcome, America. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. All right. I what that's that's all I really have. I don't know what else we can say that hasn't already been said. Yeah, I mean it, it dude, it is. Do you think that they retire his number the first time Oakland comes into town? I don't know if they do retire his number at all. Oh, man. I yeah, think they I, should. They absolutely will retire Elvis Andrews' number. To me, the question isn't will they do it at all. The question is when will they do it? Uh, if they do it, I don't think they do it until he retires. Yeah, probably whenever he retires. Yeah. Because uh, that would be weird. Seeing him do, wear his Oakland uniform on the podium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I agree. And I, having, like, let's retire the number of a player on the other team. You know, I mean, that's I. I'm pretty sure that's happened. I don't. I don't know. I. I, I mean, I. I out yeah. of the out of if the I was hundreds making, of years of sports, it's if, had to have happened. Sure, but if I was making that call, I wouldn't make the call to have it happen that day. I'd be like, mm, yeah, no. I, mean, I don't know. We can that's, tell yeah. them we're going to do it eventually, but uh, we're not doing it today. <laughs> you know, but I just, it's one of those things where you, as a as a sports fan, you <clears throat> you get attached to certain players, and seeing them leave, it just makes it harder for you to continue to cheer for that team. Not that I'm going to stop cheering for the Rangers because they traded away Elvis Andrews, but it does make it more difficult because I don't... Like I don't have the same feelings about the other players that I do about Elvis Andrews because he hasn't you know what I mean? Like the other players haven't necessarily earned the respect that Elvis Andrews have has. And now 
I don't know if there is another guy on the Rangers that like has earned that respect. You know what I mean? Like I don't I personally don't think you should trade Joey Gallo either, but if you're willing to deal Elvis Andrews, fuck. Like why not? Yeah, I, I and that might be another thing that they're saying to the team. You know, like this is I like this is all I think getting the prospects is big. I think getting Chris Davis is 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 a bigger deal than a lot of people are making it out to be. I think too many people are ho humming this. I'm like, dude, you're gonna be eating your words here. I think. I think Chris I think Davis I think is gonna be, be good. But I think it will. But I think that this is more of a thing showing the team that like we're not just talking about saying that nobody's job is safe. We're being about it. Yeah. I don't know. Pop. This sound. This is going to sound dumb considering they were just in the World Series, but part of me is really hoping that they're not going the whole Tampa Bay Rays route, where it's like, let's get let's get rid of anybody that has any kind of name recognition and let's just develop a really good farm system, and you know, anytime anybody does well, as soon as they're off their first contract, we don't fuck you, we don't want to pay you, go somewhere else, you know, which is what the the Rays do. And every now and then it pays off big time and they go to the World Series and they lose. Like they did, you know, the last time they went to the World Series. Same thing with the Rangers. I know. Yeah. I know, but what I'm saying is I just don't I don't want I don't I don't it, want to have to be a fan and live through that. That just seems fucking brutal. I don't think that that's where this is going. I think this is a one little speed bump out of something that's going to eventually turn into something great. I really do. This is a minor speed bump that happens in sports. It just does. No one is exempt from this. Babe yeah. Ruth wasn't even exempt from this. You know, like, it's just... Yeah. This this happens, and it sucks. I don't think it's going to be, like, that bad, like, the way that the Rays do it, or have done it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't see the Rangers going down that route. I just think that this is just a, a move that needed to be made for many, many reasons. And I think that they just they kind of looked at it and said, "We've got to pull the trigger. We have to." And I, I I think it's just strictly his contract. I think if his contract wasn't so big, then they would have kept him. But they just they they just Most can't. Likely. No, it's not that they can't yeah. afford it. But just, it's they just, just they, they just can't need to justify free it. Up. Yeah, they, they can't, can't justify, justify it. They need anymore. to free up that room for potentially other because they also gave Oakland cash too. Mm-hmm. So it was like Elvis, and then it was like well. Here's the money for his contract, you know. So the Rangers still paid it. Yeah, well, I mean, not. A, eh. They gave him like thirteen point five million, and his contract this year is like fourteen million. Yeah, well, they okay, so they paid it for this year. But yeah, yeah, that's all it was. Yeah, they they kind of were like, here's one year, just take it, thanks. Take it and go. <laughs> smell my foot, smell my foot. Now take it. Oh, that's an awful movie. So stupid. So bad. So bad. So stupid. The so. Hummus. Uh, we can, I, yeah. Do you have it? I'm, I'm just gonna give you the floor because I, I don't know if I have anything else to say. I just know <clears> that this is, this is a, this is a big deal in Texas Rangers history. So I don't want to just be like, well, you want to move on. So just whatever else you got to say, bud. Floor yours. <clears throat> well, I mean, I don't know what else we can say that's gonna add to the conversation, other than. Clearly, fans are not going to be happy about this. Clearly, fans aren't happy about this. And I think it's understandable. I know all the justifications for why you make the move. 
But if you're going to make this move, God damn, go out of the division. Go out of the fucking division. Now, the Oakland A's have not only our one-time, you know, top prospect in baseball in Jerickson Profar, also the guy that kept him off the fucking field. And they're going to be playing against us. Well, but with see- both of those guys. I just it's one of those that that makes this whole situation even harder to swallow. It was already going to be really, really hard to swallow parting from Elvis Andrews after, like I said, 12 years as a starter. He has never started for any other team. He came up. We got him. We got him for uh, in the Mark Teixeira deal. You know, we got him then. And like the next year, he's our starting shortstop. And he's been the starting shortstop for the, for the 12 years since. Excuse me. Best shortstop in Rangers history. Because I don't count Alex Rodriguez because he was here for two years. And then, you know, left. So, consistency's got to count for something. Elvis Andrews was better. <clears throat> it's, it's really difficult to swallow that on like on the surface and then add on top by the way not only you're going to have to see him in another uniform next year he's going to be in another uniform in this fucking stadium next year a lot that just makes it so like almost stomach turning as a fan to see that i personally think if if and and who knows maybe they shopped it to them i don't know but like for me as my the only thing that would have the only team that i would have felt better about him going to i think or would have made it a little bit easier is if they sent him back to the Braves but because that's what we got him from the Braves and from the Braves organization but so all i all i really will leave it at is if for some reason uh, anybody in the Rangers organization or Elvis Andrews hears this podcast, doesn't matter where you go, you're going to have fans in Arlington. You're going to have, hopefully, a place that you could consider home in Arlington. And I really do hope that this situation mirrors the Michael Young situation where you finish your career somewhere else on the field and then as soon as you can, or as soon as you're ready, that you get involved in the Rangers organization because that's the biggest thing. I don't give a shit what Elvis has done on the field for the past couple of years. He is an organizational guy. And losing that is hard to swallow, but hopefully we can get it back on the tail end of his uh, actual playing career. I think that he gets traded to Oakland just because Oakland is starting to be a really good team in this division. I I don't think that they just trade him to Oakland just on a whim. I think that they trade him to Oakland because they're they were probably the biggest World Series contender that was probably interested. And it's one of those things where the Rangers, if they were trying to compete for the AL West title, then I I don't think that they send them to an AL West team. But since they're not trying to compete for shit, it's like Elvis, go get your ring. 
Like, we're not just going to trade you to, like, the Royals or some shit. Like, we're going to trade you to a team that's going to compete. So, I know it's going to be weird. It would have been weird regardless where he was sent. But uh, that's that's just how I kind of see that. So, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, it's still... I know, I know. It's you just, can send him to a World Series contender that's not in your league. Well, but see, but division. maybe, but there probably wasn't a World Series contender outside of the division that was interested in him. Like the Yankees weren't going to trade for him. Probably San Diego wasn't going to trade for him. Chicago wasn't going to trade for him. Yeah. So I, that's that's why I think that they were looking at which team would be the best option for him to at least get a chance to go out and chase a ring. And we're going to say, go do that. Go do that now. So. That's I mean, that's how I kind of see that. Like I don't think that they just picked a AL West oh, I, team. And I just know, said, I know. If they if they go were, and defeat us, yeah. If they were looking to do that, then they would have sent them to Houston. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so that's at least it's not Houston. And I can see Elvis go coming back and working with the Rangers organization, being yeah. a front office guy, or maybe coming back being like a like a. A, a coach some some somewhere within the team like it mm-hmm. you yeah. know that he knows that the door is open whenever he wants to come back yeah well hopefully yeah hopefully i don't know the it just doesn't seem like it's as dirty of a situation as michael young's was like i, I like i don't i don't get that vibe from this i don't even i mean i didn't even really feel like michael young's was that well he he took dirty. it he took it like it was right and i don't think elvis i don't think elvis is mostly Probably because of Michael Young and mm-hmm. Ian Kinsler. Yeah, both, yeah, I of, think so. both guys were probably like, "Yeah, I wish we would have handled it differently." Yeah, yeah. Which so, we, which we've, we've already, already talked just, about. Yeah, that, which we've so. already talked. But it was a completely different thing. Now yeah. you know he's talking to him. Be like, "Well, now what?" Yeah, yeah. So you know him and Beltre are talking a bunch right now too. That just yeah. yeah. So you got yeah. anything else? Fuck no. All right. Thank you, Elvis. We'll miss you, bud. So college basketball. Oh, I, I oh, go ahead. Real quick. If at any point next year, if uh, any Rangers announcer says Elvis has left the building, I will fucking lose my shit. Yeah. Uh huh. I will riot. And that was another razorism this week. Whenever Elvis Corposalo came in and he <laughs> came in relief, and he goes, "Well, Elvis has entered the building." <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get to watch that. I had to watch that game. Uh, that's right. I watched that game with. That, that was the Ohio. That was the, yeah. the. That was the razorism that I text you about. I was texting you that I was missing the razorisms because I was watching. You were watching the. I Ohio. had to watch that. Yeah, the Ohio. Yeah, the Ohio broadcast. Broadcast, which those those announcers were really like, really knowledgeable and in depth. They were like, "Here, this guy, he went here," and they're using like the you know the play-by-play markers and stuff, then they're like, he went here, he should have gone here, and that's why the Stars scored again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Anyway, yeah, so. so anyway. Thank you, Elvis. Catch you on the flip side. Late What did I what, what did I just say? All right, college basketball. I know we've been talking a bunch. Uh, I'll be, I'll be yeah. quick with this one. My, my, my uh, Big 12 game of the week, can you guess which one you think I, uh, I was going to pick here? Uh... Texas Baylor. No. No, not that one. No, it was Texas Oklahoma State. Oh. Uh Oklahoma State beat Texas uh 75-76 and that doesn't sound close. Why would you pay? because they won it in double overtime. 
It was it was just uh it was one of those games where Texas 75 76 is close. 70 no 75 67. Sorry. There we go. I had him okay, backwards. Yeah. Texas had 67, Oklahoma State had 75. Um it was one of those games though where Oklahoma State didn't win. Texas lost this game because they only shot 25% from the floor and had 21 turnovers. Uh, but they forced Oklahoma State into only 35% shooting, and Texas did get 25, uh, 22 offensive rebounds and uh, 18 steals and 6 blocks. So it was one of those things where Texas wasn't doing too great on the offensive side of the floor, but they did a great job at limiting Oklahoma State, especially Cade Cunningham, uh, until the la- until uh, the last few minutes of the game here, because Texas went into the locker room trailing thirty-five to twenty-nine at half, uh, but then they came out and uh, led most of the final ten minutes, and they had a uh, they were up fifty-one to forty-six uh, because uh, after Greg Brown had a dunk with six forty-two left to play, but then. A minute later, the score was tied, and Cade Cunningham had a three-pointer with 52 seconds left to tie the game. And then whenever it went into overtime, the the first overtime, it was just six points on each side, so no one really stood out there. But then Cade Cunningham comes out and has five points in double overtime, and that's really what kind of what what separated yeah. the game. So yeah. I would advise that if you are watching a college basketball game and it's Oklahoma State's people and they're the home court, don't watch it. That angle that they have in their basketball arena is awful. You might as well be looking straight down on top of the court. It's just terrible. I hate that angle. I like I like TNT's sideline camera better than Oklahoma State's uh regular camera angle it was just awful to watch it was hard to keep up with anything but it was still a really great game to watch especially going into double overtime so my game of the week this week is unfortunate because baylor is now back in covid protocols so now (laughs) listen to these games that are getting postponed from baylor baylor at oklahoma has been postponed baylor or texas tech at baylor has been postponed Baylor at West Virginia has been postponed. This is the week that, like, Baylor, this is, like, your moment to really shine and give us some good games and show the world that you are that great team. And then COVID's got to come in and just shit all over us. So now I have to, because you could, I could have picked any one of those games, but I'm trying not to pick Texas Tech. I know I pick Texas Tech a lot, but it's just because... Texas Tech is one of those teams that is never out of it. It doesn't matter they're, what game that they're I in mean, the top ten now. Everything I know, and they're looking so great. They they beat Oklahoma earlier this week, fifty seven fifty two. Which, granted, you you hear that and you're like fifty seven to fifty two. It was not a good game. Like both teams played horribly. Just Texas Tech played a little bit less horribly. So that's why I didn't pick that one as my game of the week. But still. It was interesting to see these two di- like really good teams go back and forth this way, and it was it was great to see them handle adversity the way that they did. And Texas Tech just handled it a little better, but it just it just was not an interesting game to watch. I'm just a Texas Tech fan, so I had a rooting interest in it. So yeah. this week I could potentially pick Texas Tech West Virginia tomorrow at 9 p.m. I'd highly recommend watching that because West Virginia is killing it right now. 
Uh, so that will be a good game. But I will not pick that game. That would be 8 p.m. Central, by the way. Yes, I'm sorry. 8 p.m. Central. On Saturday, February 13th at noon Central Time. So 1 o'clock for us here on the East. Number 9, Oklahoma at number 17, West Virginia. I mean, anytime that you get a chance to watch Oklahoma play right now, like you cannot, you cannot miss this. You miss this team play because they look super great. Uh, Devon Harmon and um, Moja Gibson are two great players for Oklahoma that you don't want to miss. I know that I've talked uh, about them a lot lately. Uh, but then for West Virginia, you got to watch Miles McBride. Like this guy has really kind of come in and taken over. Sean McNeil, the coach's son, has kind of come out of nowhere for West Virginia, and it's. It, I love seeing a father-son coaching duo because I grew up with that in high school. Uh, my dad coached me whenever I was playing varsity at the uh, at my high school, and it was just a lot of fun and. Uh, so it, it's always a good story to hear about a father-son duo that's actually working out well. Because uh, I remember talking about Sean McNeil in the past and being like, who the hell is this guy? And he's probably only getting playing time who because the he's the coach's son. That? But he's really earned his playing minutes. So that would be my game of the week to watch. Uh, uh, 12 o'clock noon, Oklahoma at West Virginia. Don't miss it. So... Wanted to get quick there in college basketball because I know we have been talking a while. Uh, do you want to talk about the big news in college football real quick before we get on to trivia and get on out of here? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> to everybody who was, uh, who was saying that Matt Campbell was turning down the Texas job and was holding out for a better job in the NFL or better in college football, uh, you can all... I'll eat it because he just signed through 2028 to stay on with Iowa State. Yeah, like, you you like, thought he was going to go to Auburn. I thought he. That's would, what. That's where I you thought, you said you said you could see him going. There. I thought yeah, I said I could see him going to Auburn, but I don't know if they even called him. Oh no, I don't know either. But it was just it was just something that you but said. I, but I also said I think he wants to win and compete at Iowa State, and I this contract extension. I, said that he wanted to stay at Iowa State. You were not convinced of that one. No, you I, remember, said it, you... I said it earlier in the year. I said, I think he wants to uh, stay at Iowa State. And then uh, the Auburn job came open, and I said, I think if Auburn came knocking, that he, I think he would go there. But I'll have to go through the tapes because I remember us vividly having a conversation where I was saying that Iowa State is his baby, and I wanted him to stick around. Yeah. And, I, want, and I, yeah. I think that he would want to stick around and... You were not so convinced of that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I I legitimately was like, no, 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 he's gonna go to Auburn. I was saying, no, I, like, no, I didn't Auburn, say if Auburn comes knocking. But you, but you didn't, you didn't make it seem like that he was even interested in staying at Iowa State. That was the that was the vibe that I. Got, oh, that's so. well, I. That's what I was intending to do. So I don't know. I'd have yeah, to listen okay. to it too. Maybe yeah, I yeah. just didn't come across the way I was intending so well he's it's not just like matt campbell came out of nowhere he's a three-time big 12 coach of the year uh he had nine players from his team this year end up making the all big 12 team so it's just well-deserved contract for this man i hope that he has a lot of success i mean it was iowa state used to always be that team that was that thorn in my side anytime that they ever played anyone where i'm like don't beat them 
this is the like this is like the Big 12's chance to like really put their name on the map here and for us to really be taken seriously as a conference and then they come in and then they just kick the shit out yeah. of Oklahoma and you're like damn it. <laughs> they they also they also handed Patrick Mahomes his uh uh at well up until this last week it had been his last uh loss by more than one score. Uh-huh. Uh, at Texas Tech, it was who doggy they got the crap beat out of. Mm-hmm. I uh, remember, but I remember. Yeah. So good on Matt Campbell. It's going to be great to see what he does at Iowa State. Uh, hopefully, he can continue the success and keep this team on the same trajectory that it was, or that it appears to be heading. You know, the highest it's ever finished. Yeah, Heights has ever been ranked ever ever in program history. So yeah. definitely earn, definitely money and and security well earned, and I'm I couldn't be happier for him. So yeah, yeah, congratulations to Matt Wells. I know he listens to the podcast. He does. He does. Uh, yeah, yeah, he texts me. He, he yeah, yeah, me yeah. He's time. been he's been he's been texting. I've been he's watching. Been hit you. Me up, yeah, 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 yeah. We we yeah. we have to remind him that we're going to give him the shout out here. So. Yeah, he actually told me to float the Auburn idea. But then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah, to try and get because yeah, try to get more money. Yeah, out of Iowa yeah. And he's State. like all the athletic directors just being like, "Hey, go listen to this podcast. These guys know I what's t- up." I totally think we can get more money. <laughs> <laughs> they say it's haunted. <laughs> oh, you're still here. <laughs> all I'll right, take it. <laughs> Okay. You want to hit trivia and get on out of here? Yeah. 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 So, Elvis Andrews is currently third all-time on the Rangers hits list. Which two Rangers players or former Rangers are ahead of him? And how many hits shy of second place was he? See, that's the one that I think that's I'm going to be like, oh, that sucks. Because I think it's going to be really close. This is just Rangers history. Like, the, these aren't Washington Senators or anything, right? Mm, I mean, I don't think it includes that. Yeah, okay. But I don't know. It might. <laughs> but the the to answer your question, no, the two people ahead of them weren't Washington Senators. Josh Hamilton is one of them. Nope. No? Ooh. I mean, you think Michael about it, Young jo- is one of them. Yeah. Okay. Josh Josh Hamilton was only a Ranger for what five years? Yeah, but still, those five years. Yeah, but he wasn't hitting three hundred hits a year. Yeah, I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So Michael Young is one of them. Yep. And then I'll say Pudge is the other. Oh. Is is that the order too? Is it Young, Pudge, and then Andrews? Yes. I'm gonna say that Elvis Andrews is fifty six hits shy. Closer. Oh no. Forty eight. Closer. Thirty two. Closer. Fuck. Eight. Closer. No way. Seven. Ah. Oh. Seven. That sucks. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, but you could also flip that on its head that he should have done it last year. Yeah, he should have. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, Still, fuck. You, it, oh. Yeah. Well, 
Anyway, yeah, you got the you got a good job, buddy. Yeah, yeah all right. I, I even yeah. though I did technically get it wrong because I said Josh Hamilton well, first, yeah. but yeah, yeah, Michael Young and Pudge. I was convinced. I was like, he's not gonna think of Pudge. He's not gonna think of Pudge. I don't know who else because I'm sitting there. I was like, well, Pudge. I, like Pudge came into my mind. I was like, well, as a catcher, maybe that's a little too obvious. So I, I was thinking, and I was, I was going through all those Rangers in the '90s. Rusty Greer, Juan Gonzalez, Rafael Palmero, and I'm just sitting here just going like, did they get that many hits, though? Or did they play on this team as long as Elvis Andrews did? I'm like, no. And so like, it was like a continuity, not continuity, but it was like a, a longevity. Consistency. Kinda, it, was, it was a longevity thing. Like who, I was thinking of who played for the team the longest, and that's whenever I was like, well, it, there's no one other than Mr. Ranger and Pudge. Yeah. That's that's how my brain kind of broke that one down. So here is the top excuse me, the top ten. Michael Young uh has two thousand two hundred and thirty hits. Oh, sorry, not even seven. Yvonne Rodriguez has one thousand seven hundred and forty seven hits for the Rangers. Elvis Andrews has one seven oh one thousand seven hundred and forty three hits for the Rangers. So only four. That was my fault. Uh, Rafael Palmero has 1,692. Juan Gonzalez, 1,595. Ruben Sierra, 1,281. Adrian Beltre, 1,277. Jim Sundberg. I have no idea who the fuck that is. 1,180. Toby Hera, 1,174. And Rusty Greer with 1166 is that the that's the top 10 that's the top 10 hmm. damn <laughs> damn that could be the wrestling promo this week too damn yeah well we're running a little uh long yeah, on this, time this, so, yeah, so we're gonna have to get on out of here yeah we're gonna have to apologize uh, there's got to be street racers or something. Yeah, you heard that too? Yeah, yeah I heard that. Like, it was either street racers yeah, or, or T-Rex. Uh, we're, we're running low on time, so we're going to have to uh, apologize to Matt Damon. We're going to have to push him off to the next episode. Matt Damon. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He, was, he yeah. was on standby. Fuck, yeah. I messed that up. I'm sorry. I was like, what, am, what did I miss? Clearly, I missed it all. Yeah. <laughs> Do a wrestler. What you gonna do when Hulkamania runs wild on you, brother?